please hit like, share, and subscribe. Now enjoy the Practical Guitarist Podcast. Hey, David. Hello, Jim. <laughs> oh, I think we have somebody new yeah. here today. <laughs> Do you want to introduce him or should I? <laughs> uh, my name is Dylan. Okay. Yeah. yeah we, Dylan, it, these are always intentionally awkward, so don't feel bad. <laughs> you know what's you know what's funny, Dylan, is you've got that casino guitars hat on the um, on your head and I don't live very far from there. I keep saying I'm gonna make a Saturday trip, drive down there. You know, see the place. I live in Southern Virginia, so you have to. It's probably, I, man. So we'll get into this later. But after traveling around the country for a couple mm-hmm. of years, I probably have two to three guitar stores that I really, really like, and that one's probably my favorite. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. I'm fortunate to be a stone's throw from CME. Um, which, is, which is interesting. Uh, I don't make it down there as much as I should, but when I do go down there, I'm always pleasantly amused with some of the things that they have and uh, the amount of money I can pretend I could spend on something. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to get to uh, Nashville this summer, um, and uh, I know to stay away from the from the um, Nam weekend, but. Uh, one of the things that I want to do is is take just enough money to buy something stupid, but not, not enough to because <laughs> I could see myself coming back with a made to measure one of these. Things. Yeah, right, right. Uh, the last I just time I went to Nashville, one. I accidentally bought a Gibson. Yeah, I know. I think I well, remember that. seeing that that uh, that uh, video. <laughs> but yeah, but what a Gibson you bought, right? Um, yeah, that's so good. yeah. Um, All right. Go ahead, Jim. So let's talk about what's new. Um, David, why don't you start us off? What's new? What, with you? what, what, I, got, do? what do I got that's new? Um, I don't have new stuff, but I do have I do have something that's coming that I know is like something that's happening. So something like that. The, uh, <laughs> the body that belongs to this guitar is actually in a case behind me. This is uh, the neck I pulled off of it. I've got, and I think we might have talked about this on the last episode. I ordered a Wenge neck. Um, and it's nine and a half to 16 inch compound ra- or nine and a half to 14. Is it 14? I think it's 14 compound radius. And, um, I got Spurs L tuners coming for it. This is my white strap from back when I was in high school, uh, too many years ago. And it has, um, uh, I'm going to put, um, not EMGs. I'm putting Fishman's in it. So, um, and you're the guy to talk to about fishmen cause you cut them in half. Um, so, <laughs> so, uh, we, actually we shared that video the other day too. Cause I was talking about fishmen with a buddy of mine. I was like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta show him this. Cause, cause I don't think he realizes like what's going on inside this pickup. Um, I, I actually sort of, cause I, I heard interviews with the guy that helped design those pickups. So I sort of knew what to expect, but it was like, um, it was still enlightening to see that it was like a solid wafer. It was kind of cool. Um, yeah. but anyway, um, 
Yeah, so that's that's my big my big what's new for the week is I'm actually putting together a new guitar and in a little bit of other news. The uh, the PRS I had a good I had a stern talking to with my uh, my local dealer and he basically told me I'd be stupid if I sold my PRS and because he's a friend a close friend of mine like if it was anybody else I'd probably jump over the counter and you know be in jail right now but uh, because uh, we have such a long history together I. I'm taking his advice very seriously. I'm going to sit on the guitar for a couple months before I do anything with it, just to see where my my feelings lie in a, in about six months. Um, you you don't know this, but uh, it's got some finish issues. Many PRSs come with a brittle finish. That's that's something that's been said before, and mine is uh, taking the abuse rather not well. Um, it the edge is chipping slightly where nothing is rubbing against it, which is wild. Um, and uh, I'm just kind of beside myself because the first time I've ever spent over 1500 bucks on a guitar, I've got I've spent fifteen hundred dollars a few times, <laughs> but I've never spent over that. And this was a 35th anniversary S2. So it looks worse than my SG that I had for like four or five years within six or eight months. Mm. So um, but that but that said, uh, you know, I, I wasn't gigging the SG. So that's that's probably part of it. And I have been gigging this one. So anyway, I was told guitars are supposed to wear like <laughs> where is she? There he is. I, I beat Will Riker to death all the time. And he has I, I'm still waiting for some of the wear points. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that's, you know, and that's the thing. Like um, when you get a when you get this a fresh, one. expensive guitar made with nitro, they're going to wear a little bit. But I don't expect to see like look down and see like white dust accumulating on on the edge bevel where the finish is like cracking away. And it, what's wild is I can buff it and it smooths out because it's nitro. But it's yeah. like, should I have to do that? Yeah. It seems a little wild. So. And then we've gone back and forth with with uh, customer service over there. That's been a thing on the show. I've shared some of those uh, wonderful emails with our viewers and um they they basically told me oh it's your strap and i'm like really it's a hundred dollar levy strap like i'm pretty sure you got a lot of customers using these and that seems kind of nuts so anyway yeah yeah not not a cheap like uh a 15 um guitar center brand uh they make their straps for for prs like uh, everybody's straps are not everybody but a lot of companies straps are made by by levies Believe it or not, that strap, that strap, and that strap are all PRS leather straps. And I'll bet that you they're on like Gibson's. And the only Gibson that's got a Gibson strap on is right there. It's the big padded one, right? And it's the nice padded. Yeah, so I bet if I bring my levy straps down there and compare, we'll find out they're very, very similar. <laughs> they will be. As a matter of fact, I have a gift for you. I have a something new. Are you ready? Yeah. I have a gift for you. So when you come Another one? Look what I got. Oh, you got a funk. Oh, of Eddie Van Halen. Okay, I got this for you. Uh, oh well, because I, right. I know you're a huge fan. So I, I you, you heard me playing some of the Van Halen stuff, like you know, you know. Yeah, yeah I got it a hot topic today. Believe it or not, it was a hot topic. Don't ask me why. Everybody, um, everybody always gives me crap because, like, they're like, "Oh, you know, I'm I'm into it, Van Halen. Like, I have been, but I don't play like that." And then every once right. in a while, it comes out, and everybody's like. Oh, I didn't know that was there. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's there. You know, <laughs> what I also got this week as uh, as you know, I got a cannabis Rex. Oh, did you? So, 
Yeah, so I got a Cannabis Racks 12-inch replacement speaker for my Blues Junior. So the idea is, can I change that speaker? And I'm going to do, I'm going to do a vid. So I haven't changed it yet because I want to play it, record it, do a short video of that, put that up and then do a video of that and then kind of do a video where I side by side it. So I want to do three videos. There'll be one with the Jensen. That's the C12. I didn't get this cheap one. I got the C12N VOS. And then I have the Cannabis Racks that I just ordered from Sweetwater. And I'm going to side by side those things. And I'm going to see what do I think. Um, So that's going to be a tough one. Because right now, I got to be honest with you. And Dylan, you've probably been here where I am. The the Jensen's great for those clean sounds, but once I get up a little bit into that breakup and I get into a little volume, it it literally it just it just stops. It starts farting out, and Jen, I go. Jensen's are my least favorite speaker. Yeah, and and not to say that they're a bad speaker because remember when when Fender was putting those in Celeste stock, makes some bad speakers too. If I could point you in the direction of a couple. Yeah. And so I, I said, you know what? I've heard a lot of good things about the Cannabis Racks. It's it's a um, speaker that's supposed to handle a little bit of low end and, and drive. Let's see what happens. So. I, I've owned a Cannabis Rex, too. So I have I will reserve judgment, but uh, I have my opinions I, on I, that. And you know what? And if it falls out the way you said, it's a hundred bucks, It's a hundred bucks. So, um. You know, and in, in, in that ca- in that cabinet, like the size of the speaker, like the dimensions of the magnet are going to play an important role. Um, I might have to change the cabinet. That may be a right. Thing I have to, but even the dimensions, not even if it doesn't, oh, even yeah, if it doesn't even, touch, because the magnet is in close proximity to the to the tubes. It can it can affect tube life. Yep. That's something that's been told to me. Like that's why you know, in general, combos they vibrate anyway. But yep. if you know you got a motor in there, <laughs> I know, and I have moving magnets. combos over here. Yeah, <laughs> what you don't see beside me is my—I've got a Fender Twin, I've got a Marshall DSL, I've got a Boss Katana, I've got the um, uh, what do you call? What you can see, which is funny, is the non-amp uh, that goes to the Kemper. That—that's the Alto. That's uh, <laughs> kind of there. I got a high five because I sold my Kemper. I won't say who did that, but it was like, it was like, yeah, when I, when I told, because they asked if I, I got to be honest with you. I, I love the Kemper and I'm still in love with it. I, I, I haven't fallen out of love with it for what it does. It's, it's objective. And the purpose that I bought it, it's fine. But everybody's like, Jim, how come you don't take it to open mic? I go, because the sound guy sucks. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly. That's why I stopped taking mine. You know, (laughs) it was the same, literally the same problem. It was hit or miss. And, uh, those misses were not fun. So no. No, and so I'm not doing it. Yeah, I, you know, honestly, like even I'm, I, I've got an open mic conundrum right now too because I've been taking the film more, and I'm like, I want to take, I want to take my mark out in order for me to yep. have a head and cabinet because they, right. they only recently brought out the ten inch, uh, the ten inch five twenty five cabinet. So, yep. Anyway, uh, do you have something that you'd like to share with our listeners that's new? Jay Dylan, I think. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're new. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I guess I'm new around here. Um, well, we'll probably talk about this later. But basically, in the last sixty days, everything for me is new. We've completely changed up a bunch of stuff. But uh, this week, 
I have, uh, well, the, the, the Texas Toast Challenger Special is right there. I just got that on Friday. Played it all weekend. Um, I just got a, I used it in a video a week ago, maybe, uh, a Strat, a Mexican Strat. Um, that won't stay around very long. Um, oh, this week I just got, it's right up there and you'll see it in some videos very soon. So this is kind of a sneak peek. Um, have you ever heard of Somnium guitars? No, I was going to ask about that. So that's the, uh, the guitar where you can pull the pickups out and put the pickups. Oh, you know, you know. All right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I've seen that system. I just didn't recognize the yeah. body. This is uh, probably the best executed for those that are only listening. It's an aluminum uh, case that's all tied in underneath the neck pocket. Everything. Um, it's really well executed. There's a nine volt battery in it because you could actually run like a passive pickup here and an active pickup here if you wanted to, and it does whatever it does. Um, it's, it's really wild. It's a, it's a wild thing. And they asked me to do a review on it and send me one. So, um, that, that's pretty cool. Yeah. We'll, cool. we'll see how it goes. I'm not going to ask for a review. I'll wait for the video. <laughs> a guy, a guy like you, Dylan, because of what you do, I think that thing's going to, that, that would be a perfect add to your, well, you know, a tool in your wood. I know why I agreed to do it because I was like, Cause we talked about it and I'm like, are you going to send me? Cause they're not cheap. And I was like, are you going to send me one? I'm like, I don't want to buy one. I'll, I'll check it out. And if I like it, maybe I'll review it. You know, and he's like, well, if I let you keep it, will you use it in other videos to like test stuff? And I'm like, well, heck yeah, I would. So for example, I don't know if you caught it, but there is a telly pickup in the neck, the telly bridge pickup in the neck position of that guitar right now. Yeah. Which you can't do which is kind of fun. So there's all kinds of wacko things that you could do with that guitar. Yeah. So that's, that's a new thing that happened this week. And then, um, don't, I mean, I have a bunch of new stuff. I, I mean, I've been buying guitars like left and right right now. Um, <laughs> I need to stop too. <laughs> well, I mean, you don't need to stop necessarily, but I do. <laughs> yeah. So we kind of have a little system around here where, what I do is I get on like Patreon, you know, to my Patreon folks and some of the YouTube members and stuff. And I'm like, Hey, do any of you want X or Y guitar? Cause if you do, I'll go buy one. I'll use it in a bunch of videos and then put new pickups in it and upgrade it and stuff. And then typically what I do is I just sell it to somebody, a viewer or whatever. Yeah. Right. Um, for whatever I paid for it, but then it'll have all of the stuff, you know, whatever upgrades we did for the video series and all that. Um, so they end up with a decent deal because it's, you know, still a brand new guitar. I only use it in a few videos. I don't right, right, right. Um, <clears throat> so that's what the Strat is. That's probably what the PRS Silver Sky SE will be. I'm yep. keeping my, I bought with, I bought my core one and I'm keeping that. Well, I bought yeah, most of I'm keeping that guitar. Um, yeah, you got the rose one, right? Yeah, yeah, that's gorgeous. It's it's crazy because like I'm a Strat freak. Like, I mean, 
I think people are a little taken aback by it because, um, well, so the red strat that's hanging up here, um, is an 85 Japanese strat that I bought in like 87 or 89. Like I've had it since then. And, um, that's my first like real electric guitar and I'll never, ever sell it. And I love it. And because of some of the people that I design pickups for and stuff, I've played and had access to the best strats in the world. Like literally, you know, not own them. Like 61s yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Right. I mean, I got a buddy that's got a 61, a 63, a 64, yep. a 66, you know, like, and then the people that I've worked for from like, various custom shops and mm-hmm. stuff um, have had things. I mean, I've played prototypes of ridiculous guitar, you know, custom shop guitars. And I'm a huge Strat fan. Like I would love, I would love to own as many vintage Strats as I could ever get my hands on. I just right. can't, I don't, I'm not going to say I can't. It's a, for me, it's a dumb way to spend $25,000. Right. Uh, if if I was going to spend $25,000, I would buy probably a Porsche Cayman. Like, yeah. I wouldn't <laughs> buy a Strat. You know, so I just don't care about, this is terrible to say, but I just don't care about guitars enough to spend that much money on a specific one. So all that to say, when the Silver Sky came along and I was like, oh, dang, Mr. Strat guy really likes this thing. I think people were kind of taken back by it, but I love it. It's my favorite guitar right now. Well, well in a lot of ways. Electric- Go ahead. My favorite electric guitar. It's it's my yeah. favorite electric guitar for sure. In, in a lot of ways, and we, we've talked about that, that guitar has been on, we, we've discussed it often on the show. It is the most vintage spec production guitar you can get. You yeah, know, without going custom shop. Without going to either a custom shop option or one of the really uber boutique expensive options that do exist. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, so there's Nash, right? But like even Nash, like a, it, it, that's the finish thing. Like it, it, there are right. things about the necks and stuff that they don't get right on those guitars because they're sourcing the parts from somebody. Um, right. I'm a Strat guy too. So, but I have a, you're going to find, I have a a whole different like attitude about strats. I think than most people, because number one, I'm younger, right? So I'm, I'm 37 to put it in perspective. Um, but, uh, so like I have a GNL S 500. That's my main squeeze. That's the guitar that I always come back to. Um, I've owned, you know, Kiesel's and everything else in the, in the interim. Um, and, uh, right now I've got a PRS S two as well. Um, and that was just cause I needed to do a humbucker guitar for, for something I was doing. So, um, I have that white fender that I'm actually getting that we mentioned that I'm getting uh, fishman's put in and, you know, getting that thing all revamped. And if I was, you were to put a gun to my head and say, build me another warm off, I would probably go and just buy another strap body and another strat neck and go and go that direction. But I am non-traditional. I don't like vintage strat pickups. Um, the reason I like the S 500 is the MFDs. Like that's a big fat, like loud sounding pickup. That's sort of like a humbucker in a lot of ways. Um, more like a P 90. It's not a P 90. It's, it's very specifically distinctly different than a P 90, but it's not, you know, it's very in the same similar wheelhouse in terms of what it does. Um, that we did a it, video on those, took them, showed them side by side and took them apart. I got, I got a, I have a pair of the ones out of a telly. 
right one of the right. you know the big fat, the big fat asat ones mm-hmm. so these are more like the strat strat sized ones but the, it's the same principle right yeah. um and uh everybody who plays this guitar says wow that's different like that's a really different sound than what i was expecting to get out of it um and um i'm cool with that like and that was so that was my go-to thing because it was so different than standard strat pickups and of course um you know you know nick nick sent me a set of pickups that we actually gave away to our to our viewers um that i put into a red Janelle legacy um the tribute right took the stock ones out and his pickups were noticeably better they were a different design uh i believe his uh his bridge pickup had a had a base plate or it was either a base plate or bar magnet i can't remember which and it was like noticeably different i actually like that set a little bit more than the standard sets but it was still pretty vintage and it's like i you know i'd still want to do something like mfd style or um and in my case i'm going to fishman's i'm doing hss because that makes the most sense to me for, for see that's where i'm at if i um if i was to build myself because for what i want um we used to build a bunch of strats and for what I want, I would jump straight to building my own guitar and the closest off the shelf thing I can think of that I would probably want would be the Schecter Nick Johnston. Yeah, single. very similar. Ooh, yeah, yep. You know, roasted maple neck, single, single hum, alder body, all the pickups and stuff would come out and I'd make my own. So not um, the USA version, not the one with the wenge neck, the one with the, the roasted maple. Yeah, I want a roasted maple neck and I would do a flatter. Well, that's a really flat radius. I'd probably do a 12 inch radius. I like a 12 inch radius on a strap for me. Um, and it would be like a faster, it would be a rocking strat. Yeah, my, yeah. my GNL is also a 12 inch. But I like, yeah. so whenever somebody tells me like they're into the silver sky, it's really wild to me because it's like seven and a seven, it's seven and a quarter, seven and a half, I don't remember which. I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's bewildering. I'm like, how do you bend on that? Like, <laughs> so. Yeah, that's where I would go. I'm a, but, and I know this is like super controversial, but. I, the only, the other thing that I would do, the other option is I would have the custom shop make me one, uh, relic, but the same way, single, single hum, because I don't like shiny guitars. I, just, I got a well, PRS I can sell you. <laughs> I don't like, I don't like shiny strats and tellies. Okay. Um, all right. The, the. The PRS Silver Sky, I can deal with that being shiny. But if it's a Fender Stratocaster or a Fender Tele, it has to be beat up. Otherwise, it I cannot play. Like this Mexican thing I have right here, it's just I can't. Yeah, that, I can't do it. It just that's doesn't. a player plus, right? The no, one you got was player, player. Yeah. yeah. 849. Is it the the thickness of the finish that gets to you, or is it just the idea that, like... You know, the finishes aren't that thick anymore. I think that's a pretty big misnomer. The finishes aren't that thick anymore. But just the shiny feel... I don't know. I I don't know. I I, I don't like it. So that that body I'm working on is actually from a a 90s... uh, Well, 2001 Jimmy Vaughn Strat. And... um, I can see where the where there's like pinholes in the finish 
in the, on the inside of the body and stuff. I mean, this thing has been put through the mill. I was I, I cranked the bridge screws down so far they went through the body, um, <laughs> and there's like little little pinholes in the backside, so I can actually see the depth of the finish. And back then they were pretty thick. <laughs> I was like, yeah. whoa. <laughs> That one is pretty thick too. Yeah. Mid eighties, man. The whole VOC thing. I used to paint cars and manage a collision mm-hmm. shop and stuff. And that whole time period was terrible for any kind of finishes. Cause they were trying to figure out how to get VOCs down. And right. so, you know, it, it just, it just didn't work very well. You had paint falling off of cars and you had guitars with finish that thick, you know, it's not oh, yeah. that way anymore, I- but. You know, there was a there was a bunch of Fords. Now you're mentioning it. There was a bunch of Fords, and I can't remember if it was Ford in general or um, a particular model. They're just the there was a bunch caught. of Fords where people, yeah, they were dry, all of a sudden the the finish was falling off the roofs. The the paint was just falling off the roof. And and you had that too with the eighty six twenty four Olympic white. Everything yeah just flew off the car. Yeah. yeah. Yep. My, and my, so my brother actually paints uh, cars. We used to paint cars for a living, and that was like he talked about the change, the changes in the environmental regulations and everything that had caused that. And that was even going on in the late nineties. So yeah, um, yeah I, I, think, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the. But no, I was just saying that. I think one of the reactions was at a certain point there was a tipping point, right, where we didn't care. Um, I used to tell. Uh, David about like, you're, you're probably closer to my age, given when you got your first electric guitar, um, than, than David is I'm 57. I'll be 58 this year. I'm your children. Um, (laughs) yeah. Hey, but anyway, so what happened was there was a tipping point. I remember when I was a kid, you stuck stickers on your guitar. You didn't like the finish. You, you sanded it off with sandpaper and you painted it yourself and it might look like shit. Kind of like what uh, George Harrison did. And, uh, uh, um, what's his name? Uh, Clapton did with the fool. So that was not uncommon. Really? How are you going to sell that to a blues? How are you going to sell that to a rock doctor or blues lawyer? Well, see, that's just it. So then, what happened was but resale value, right? <laughs> there was this. There was this. And norm norm of norms rare guitars is part of the the good part, but also the bad part. In that, what happened was all of a sudden there was this resale, and um, suddenly people were afraid. My son was saying today, he saw, uh, we were watching uh, Hot for Teacher um, live because I was talking about the kick drums and how Alex was would use a actual two physical kick drums instead of a double pedal on one. And he goes, how the heck? He had four kick drums. And Kyle goes, how the heck did he do that? I go, well, sometimes he's playing over here, sometimes he's playing over there, and he still wants to do that. And so um, anyway, what it came down to was this. Eddie Van Halen took his guitar and stripped it to pieces, right? All these, all these it was built guitars. out of pieces. It didn't yeah. start as anything. Yeah, <laughs> it didn't even start right. Um, Brian May built his guitar out of what? The, the thing uh, that, an oak the table. Mantle over it, right. <laughs> yeah. and, and the mantle from over his fireplace. I mean, this, there's this thing where all of a sudden it's got to be pristine. And this is what I was talking about with you when we were talking online last week. And I said, I get that somebody wants a, uh, to buy a guitar that's, that's, worn in the the neck's worn in the right, feel right. of the finish is worn i get all that because we would do it ourselves and i get that if somebody wants to pay for it to be done i get it what i don't get is a cigarette burn on a headstock yeah and a ding in the you know the lower bound i don't it's, i it's see the tone it, I don't, it, it, you know you what gotta i gotta mean? have that cigarette burn for the tone yes. you gotta, <laughs> it's the only way you're gonna get a smoky sound jim my well, whole my thing son, 
my whole well, thing it, it, just to finish it just just to finish my son said dad he's got a dog chain around he, and he and he just used those clips to clip his guitar and i go yeah because he's eddie van harry he doesn't give a shit <laughs> he didn't care what it looked like <laughs> oh that, the whole relic thing is really funny because people get so bent out of shape about it. Oh, I know, very, right? It's very simple for me. It's <sighs> that I just said that I would like to have a 63, 64 right. CBS Strat that yep. was played for real. That does have all that stuff. That's right. But, but it's I not realistic to afford it. <clears throat> yeah. I would rather buy a car or a motorcycle than a guitar. That's right. For that kind of money yep. uh, or a couple motorcycles for that kind of money. Oh, and then the other thing is, is that if I were to buy a lacquer finished guitar, I am of the age that there is not 65 years left in my life. No. Right. To wear the guitar to the point that I, so I'm going to pay somebody else to get it where I want it. Absolutely. Well, you just play it in. Well, let me tell you, it's harder than you think to play a guitar into that. To make it look like that, it has to be 65 years old. So I should keep the PRS and we'll do it now. <laughs> I don't think people realize too. These guitars from the 60s are not 20 years old. No, no. they're almost I'm 70 years old. Yes. That yes. guitar <laughs> right there is almost 40 years old. Excuse me, I'm from the 60s. <laughs> So you're not one I owner. Approve. So you're not one I owner approve. is what you're saying. Look at these, look at these wear marks. Um, <laughs> the original I owner died that. already. <laughs> I, and I totally get that. First of all, and we're going to talk about this more. I think you should play whatever the heck you want to play. Whatever Amen. whatever floats your freaking boat, that's what you should pick up and that's what you should play. And if you love it, then it's great. Seriously. Amen. And And I wish more people would just accept the fact that not everybody's going to agree on it. And we should love each other for and, and love and respect each other's opinions over that thing. I, I, I'm an old school hippie. I come from the 60s. I mean, that's just what I do. But anyway, so. Opinion. Um, opinion? Yeah, exactly. I guess we don't get to have them. But um, no, and, and it comes to uh, that's what that's why I wanted to invite you on here, because. Um, you're, you have an opinion and your strong opinion. Well, I watch your live shows sometimes and, and you know, cause I've, I've chimed in and talked to you. Oh guys. yeah. I love it. And, uh, the, um, uh, the thing that makes me laugh is how you don't give a shit. And we, and we, we talk like that. So it's okay. on this Y'all get, believe me, <laughs> you don't, you don't give a shit. You do not give two flying fucks with that person on the other end thinks because the truth of the matter is it's okay for them to have their opinion and it's yeah. okay for them to do it, but it should be also okay for you to have your I opinion. I think people should just be beliefs. civil about it. You know what right. I mean? Like, right. I think for, for me, the, the, where I get disconnected from it is, and what I'm really trying to kind of focus on more is I don't care what capacitors are in your guitar, man. Like, are, are you like, what are you, what did you play today? I think I said this in a video a couple weeks ago, or maybe I didn't, maybe we we're just talking about it. Me and Leslie, if, if there was some sort of universal rule <clears throat> that in order to post in a guitar forum or in comments on YouTube, 
you had to verify that you played guitar for 30 minutes that day before you were allowed to comment. No one would comment. A different place. No one would comment. That's what I'm saying. The vast majority like, of them would not comment. Jim and I are Jim and I are 30 plus minutes a day uh, at, at minimum. And, and I know uh, you are, too. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's like my normal regimen is like three or four hours a day. And I, I play until I until I'm bored, like literally cannot figure anything else out to do on the instrument that, that excites me at that moment. And that changes your perspective about how not even like your uh not even like, okay, now I'm allowed to say something because I'm an actual guitar player. I don't even mean it like that. No, I mean it like you have the experience, guitar, like love and peace and freaking rock and roll. Now I'm going to go make a comment instead of, I hate my life because I sell insurance and all I can do is have my wife yell at me. You know, like you changed your perspective on your day before right? you used the music for the purpose that it was intended to not like as a fighting thing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I just, I, it's so funny to me. It's hilarious. People have to, anyway, people I, really have to defend their positions. And that's, that's really what it boils down to. You I know, like they can't, they, they'll die on a hill. And we've been guilty of that on this show too, by the way, every once in a while we have a thing where somebody, one, one of us is going to die on a hill for something. And it's just, and yeah. like, you got to kind of like take a, take a step back. And when I'm editing, I'm always listening back and I'm going, I just need to take a step back and like really think about this because there, the reality is none of this, none of this really matters. You know, I think, and I think people get me wrong a lot of times because when I say I don't care about stuff, Leslie gets on me for saying that she's like, you need to say this differently. I don't care about what you, th it's not that I don't care about what you think or about you and your feelings about your opinion. I care deeply about that. Like that's why we're here. But I don't care what you think. You can think whatever you want. And if we disagree on tone wood or lacquer finishes or oil and oil and water, I almost said oil and water, paper and oil capacitors, like right. at the end of it or the beginning of it or in the middle of it, I just don't care. If you like it, play it. Let's jam. Like, I just don't care, you know? And I am also, um, cause people kind of take me as being some kind of big know-it-all, but the, what it really comes down to is I don't want to be wrong. Cause you, it's really hard to be wrong on the internet these days. Oh, you, yeah. don't, you don't want to be wrong. So you I'm wrong do all the time to make sure that you're not wrong. But I also don't care if I am because there's more than one way to skin a cat. And if I, wanting to pick up a certain way or file a nut a certain way. I just don't care if you do it different. Tell me how you do it. Maybe I'll learn something. You know what I mean? Like, so to me, there is no wrong really, you know, it's uh, I don't know. I, I'm way more chill about it than people realize. I mean, because to me, this is not like a religion. Like my instrument is, I'll just go get another one. You know, it's a piece of wood with wires on it. And I, I don't really care. You know, I'm going to route this one. I'm passionate about music. I'm passionate about yes. making things. 
but I'm not necessarily passionate about gear in the way that people think we are too, because they, we've gotten, yeah. for some reason, this, this show, this show has always started out being a, a guitar podcast, not guitar right. equipment podcast. And it's just taken this tact because a lot of the questions that we get are equipment related. And it also comes from the fact that there were other podcasts at the time we started that were all equipment focused. And um, it's kind of driven us in that direction a little bit more. But we do do episodes where we talk about theory and stuff. We usually wrong. Um, and uh, it, according to according to the fan base, you know, we're, we're usually wrong. So, you know, um, and again, you know, as well as I do, like theory is something that people skin cats onto and find different ways to explain the same thing. Um, yeah. But uh Definitely, you know, I can relate to what you're saying right now. What you're saying is basically like people take everything out of context. And when you say so, the, the classic one we talk about on the show all the time, Tonewood doesn't matter. And then I know we're going to talk about that later because that because the video reaction. But, um, you know, Tonewood doesn't matter. Tonewood doesn't matter. And it's like, well, it matters to somebody. I mean, right. it may not matter for the reasons that they think it matters. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. My get, my get out of the my get out of jail statement with that now is it matters what I tell when they ask me, and I already know that they're like that's their religion. They're down the rabbit hole, right? Yeah, I'm like you know, to me, it matters as much as. It's important to you to feel a physical reaction from the guitar when you play it. If that's important to you, then that matters to you. Right. Even though your ideas about all the physics about it is wrong, I don't care. That's not the point. The point is some people want to strum a guitar and be like, oh, dude, it's so resonant, bro. And that's what makes them connect with the guitar, even though it's wrong scientifically whatever it's cool man like it's the vibe it, they get from it you know yes. and if it makes you play better fun. Or, or if it keeps you interested or excited about it a beat up guitar does that for me it doesn't do it for jim right okay. oh no that now hold on <laughs> you're right in the same context you know what i mean right. in the same yeah in the, in the relicking context that's right that's you right. know it's fine if it makes you connect with the instrument more then believe in it and that uh, that's exactly garbage but and whatever makes you pick that guitar up and play it like you said that is the and we've said that a hundred times that's why i don't get what why people think that we have that concept because we we say you know there's often we people are like you're disparaging um inexpensive guitars blah 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 no what we're disparaging is your belief that this 150 dollars guitar is just as good as that three thousand dollar guitar that's like yeah. saying my honda civic is just as good as that 911 uh, mercedes s500 <laughs> or that tesla you know I've been getting pretty hammered lately about the Harley Benton stuff. And I just, yeah. Yeah. Just kind of you. You're not the I only one that's getting hammered for Harley Benton. It's not, it's not even a quality thing to me. It's no. this is supposed to be an art and this is, so when I bought my daughter, her first guitar, mm -hmm. I bought her one of those little baby Martins. Sure. I could have got her a glary. I could have got yep. her a Harley Benton. 
I yeah. could have got her uh, anything I wanted for 450 bucks or less. But I got her yeah. a little Martin because I knew that brand recognition, that quality of materials, player experience for, I wanted to build it into a thing if she was going to play for the rest of her life, put her on a path of right. greatness. And those brands, Harley Benton, SX, all those, whatever all those things are, to me, they cheapen the experience of what this should be. And as a result, and I get really hammered for making this, this generalization, but you have to understand where you have to look at the whole picture and nuance it a little bit. What those brands do, they don't produce guitar collectors. They produce people who are like, yeah, this is good for the money. And now I have 10 of them hanging in my house so that I can show my friends that don't play guitar that I have these 10 cool looking guitars. And when I take a picture and put it on Instagram, it looks like I have a lot of guitars. Right. It's, it, it's Leave the, the same. People, <laughs> I mean, it's the same people that like you will stand in line at Walmart for a half an hour waiting for all the coupons so they can save like 17 cents. Like, Mm-hmm. I understand why you are, you are that person, but those brands to me take that person and take suck the art out of them. And they just put the budget mind into them where they really should be focusing on the art. And those brands don't do that. That's, that's really what I'm on about, about that stuff. Yeah. I, I mean, that that echoes sort of what we've said, like, especially the people that have like 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 15 of them. Right. Yeah. But, but, but what my what my observation is in the community that like and remember, I, I have to say this every time we talk about this, when we talk about the community of guitar players that we see on the Internet, that's a fraction of the people that actually play guitar, buy equipment and do all that stuff. That's, but but the people you see on the Internet. It, there is an echo chamber and they're all looking for confirmation that what they bought is okay. And right. that's fine, I guess. But, but the issue I have with it is that if you're all looking for confirmation, you're going to start feeding each other. And then it's not real confirmation, is it? Like, no. it, and, 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 and the other question you should be asking yourself is if I need confirmation, there's a problem here. Should I even be right. doing this? Um, just to, to kind of confirmation bias, what you just said, I guess, um, when I go out to open mics and I talk to my friends and I have a lot of guitar playing friends, if you look at my, you can't look at my friends list because I block it on my Facebook page because that's what you should do. But if you saw my friends list of the 1400 friends, 1350 of those people are guitar players. Okay. But you know what's funny about 1,350 of those guitar players? Probably 1,100 of them don't know that guitar podcast exists. No. And they they don't care. And the truth is, when I go to open mics, I'm like, I have learned not to, like, drop podcast names. And then they go, you have a podcast? And I go, yeah, just like I told you the last 12 times we met. And you don't care anyway, but sure, I'll go over it again. And I don't say that, but I do say, yes, I do. And it's a practical. Oh, I should check it out. They never do. I don't care because that's not their thing. I think that part of the podcast community and certainly part of the Facebook side of community, because we've all been on pedal boards of doom or whatever. Yeah. Um, is 
okay, how many times have you seen it where somebody goes, um, I would never spend X dollars for a guitar or anybody that spends X dollars is an idiot. Yeah. Okay. And you go, <laughs> I, I just want to say, what difference is why? It? Yeah. Why does it matter to you? What Sorry, I found but, is that only the online people do that. You go yeah. to that same open mic night. And I think, cause I think a lot of people too, if you have a podcast or a YouTube channel, obviously, and probably for me is probably worse because we make a boutique product. So people right. are going to automatically, if they're a negative minded person, they're going to automatically think I'm like a guitar snob. Yep. But you know, I'll go to an open mic night and I just sit there in awe. I'm like, this dude sounds amazing on his two ninth, his like three ninety nine yeah. Jackson Dinky yep. through his Fender Mustang twenty whatever hundred and fifty dollar right. line six whatever. But he's right. there and he's doing it and he is playing Wonderwall or he's playing a Van Halen song and he's there doing it and I'm like. And he's up in front of people and he's nervous as hell and he's, but he sounds like he sounds. And then what's crazy is you'll go to that same open mic night for two years. And the next thing you know, that dude, maybe he has a $600 guitar now and he has a blues junior and he's got a gig, right? Yep. Because he went out there and he did it. And you're like, right. This is so cool. So I yep. don't gear snob. I'm like, Every, it's a it's a journey. Like everything is a journey for for people. You know, it doesn't matter as and long as you keep on that journey. Though, if you get into yeah. the perspective like where you're stuck in a rut, then you got then you got trouble. But what you have to do right. is not listen to people on the internet. That's right. the only thing you have to do. Ugh. Like just go have your own game. What is um? You know? Somebody was they, there was something related to Harley Benton that somebody had told me. Oh, I remember we were talking about Harley Benton at, at Open Jam. I, I brought it up to somebody. Somebody's like, "Well, you know, I got I got one hundred seventy five bucks. I wanted to get a guitar that I could maybe put in a different tuning." And I was like, "Well, I was like, save your money." And nobody said anything. But I was like, "Well, I guess I suppose you could buy like a Harley Benton or something." They're like, "What's Harley Benton?" And it like that just took me. It just took me completely back to what we were saying originally, which is. Nobody even knows who these brands are. I mean, re realistically, right. unless you're on the internet and you're like clued into all this stuff, you don't know who these people are. Like, so let's face it, Harley Benton, a lot of those companies, Firefly, you name it, they come out with guitars that are like you were just talking about, Dylan. They're not art. They're garbage. I mean, and, and I'm not saying garbage, like, hold on. I, I That's not a good word. Yeah, that's a terrible word, Jim. It is. They're just they're, not the same they're, thing. They're meant to hit a price. No, point. right. What I mean is when you're done with them, they're trash. They're not meant to sit on the wall unless it was your first guitar. Like, like Dylan, you've got your first guitar. A lot yeah. of people, I, I burned mine. I did my Jimi Hendrix style. I've told this story on the show before. Um, I've heard people but, shoot uh, crossbows through them. <laughs> I had one of those piece of shit things that, that you got from Sears um, it was a silver tone. tone with the amp in the in the case. You know, it'd be People worth like twenty thousand dollars today. Yeah, they were shit then. They're shit now. But anyway, and I was only the second owner of that thing. <laughs> I'm like, I'll give you a thousand bucks for it right now. Really <laughs> one of those, exactly. And I believe me, if I had it, I'd ship it to you for free. Whatever you want, you pay for the shipping, and I get it the fuck out of my house. So anyway, and that's the truth. 
Um, oh, but, that's so funny. but I got a Les Paul custom, you know, but the, but I saved for two years and I saved, but I played that thing. And that's the, that's the thing that people miss is I did. I played that, that thing. It was never meant to last that long. It really wasn't. I mean, they made them out of plywood. They, they it was, it was literally no better than the, as a matter of fact, Slightly better than the particle board you get from Walmart right now. That that is a dresser for sixty dollars, right? So yeah, yeah. And so I get, and and I understand. Like you were just talking about, you would you would take that guitar off my hands. I I understand that too. And the, and that thing, I, I hate to tell you, but that was the years that you were talking about too. That was that was like an eight um, uh, an early sixties thing. Yeah. Um, the, the point that I'm making here isn't that the point that I'm making is they, these ears and everything else, they're not meant to be passed on to your grandchildren and they're not built to be given to your son at, at, you know, for his first gig or your daughter for her first gig. They're meant to be a guitar that sits in the show. My, my kids, my, my sons, um, both have the guitars they picked. So one of them has an Ibanez um, RG, uh, but the other one has um, a Fender Strat, and the um, and the uh, my daughter has a PRS. So um, those and those are their guitars. They're they're for those to them to take care of. And unfortunately, whenever the strings need to be changed, guess who does it? But the point is that um, they were meant to be. They're meant to go on to my grandchildren. They're not. And they're not. They're, they're not student models, right? Right. So, and like, when, yeah. When I had someone come into Guitar Center, when that very short period, I only worked there for a year. It feels a lot of people are like, yeah, you worked for. I worked there for a year for part time, so I could afford some of the stuff that's hanging behind me, um, because I used that money and poured it right back into the guitars, and I got a discount, so it was it was double good. <laughs> but the point is that. Um, when someone would ask me, they'd say, how come this guitar, blah, blah, blah. And I would say, it's it's diminishing returns. If it doesn't look like it's worth it to you, it's not worth it. And But that guitar right there, when I give that to my grandchild, that's going to be an ooh-ah moment. It's not going to be like, oh, thanks for your ear. You know? I mean, not that I would think my grandchildren would be unappreciative I just mean that it's not the guitar they would have dreamed of. It's not the guitar that that they saw whatever guitar hero playing and thought that's the one thing that they want from, you know, for the rest of their lives. And so that's what I'm getting at. And I and I appreciate what you said, Dylan, as far as that goes, because that's really what it comes to. And on the um, other side of the coin, too. Yeah, go ahead. I'm yeah. also the opposite in a way. Uh, I'll never sell that red strat and I've got one guitar that my grandfather gave me. It's in the closet. I don't even play it. Mm -hmm. But other than that, um, I, and my wife and I are very, well, our lifestyle <clears throat> bears it out, but it took us a while to get there. We are not, we are not attached to anything like, and so that, that comes down to my instruments that comes down to, to everything like. I have a guitar right now that I don't really want to, two guitars that I really don't want to sell, but one of them is for sale. Not because I have to, but because 
what if there's something better out there? In fact, I already know there is. So I'm not attached to anything like in that way, you know? So it's, a, it's, a, it's two, two sides to it. Right. right. I, don't, oh, I, I don't feel really attached to it. I understand that completely. And that's another bit of respect that, that, um, like I said, that's, that's something that is your lifestyle. So going along with that, let's, let's switch gears a little bit and let's okay. talk about what you were, you were saying with, um, is it okay if we use your name? You sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's, yeah. yeah. So you and Leslie went out on the road. Mm -hmm. So, um, just to give folks who haven't watched, uh, Dylan's show, um, Leslie and he moved everything into, um, another person's house. I'm not going to say who, and they went on the road and the show and their life was in a, uh, a, a um, what, what was it? A 40 foot or yeah. 38 foot. Yeah. 38 foot. Yeah. So, yeah. So we, um, in 2019, we actually didn't put anything. So in, um, 2019, we sold our house. We had a house for, uh, we've been married nine years. So the first seven years we lived in this house, um, we had it built in like 2012 or something, 13. And um, the first seven years we lived there, accumulated a whole house full of stuff and sold all of it. Um, wow. Except for some art from the kids and some of my personal, I do have some art. So um, that stuff and a couple of family heirloom things. Um, are sitting in a storage still. Um, but other than that, everything was gone. We sold everything. Um, we stayed with, when then we sold our house. It was totally empty. Um, it got down to like a bunch of crap in the middle of the floor and I just had somebody come and get it. Like we got rid of everything. Um, and then we bought a 40 foot motor, 38 foot motor home, class A and a Jeep Wrangler. And we drove around for two years making pickups and videos. And my wife actually has another full-time job. Right. So she, she did that as well. And, um, we did that for a couple of years. We, we did not really have any intentions to stop. We probably still would be doing it, but there was a couple of things that kind of happened. It was just kind of world scene kind of stuff. Um, when COVID started to lift a little bit, and they opened Canada back up that really put a hurting on the availability for us to be able to stay places longer term, like a couple of weeks, a month at a time, because all those tourists all of a sudden came from Canada and just like, like Florida is booked till next year. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. so it, that made it difficult. <clears throat> and then the other thing is we picked up some clients. We, um, you know, and when I first started doing the RV thing, we were making, what 30 pickups a month mm -hmm. and and i have we have a bunch of stuff that we put together and that was enough we were we're fine um i made i think i made 30 on on thursday wow <laughs> i mean it's it's insanely busy we are insanely busy. We're on a two week wait. Uh, we're making a lot of pickups and right now it's mostly for 
just retail folks off the website. Like we right. are, we're really busy. And I was just like, we're getting to the point where I, uh, I have this, I have a, an age that I want to, I will never retire, but I, I want to get to a point where I don't really have to think that hard about how to pay the bills. I guess that's my version of retirement, you know? Mm-hmm. And so uh, I have an age number for that and it is approaching. And I thought, well, if we just buckle down, if we stop traveling, if we buckle down and we do some things right, um, maybe I could hit that goal. Right. So we got an apartment. It's just a two bedroom apartment. And you, this is one of the bedrooms in the apartment. And, um, so I sit here and make pickups and make YouTube videos. And my wife has her office. We don't have a dining room. It's her office because we wanted to stay super simple because we yep. sold our, big, we sold our big motor home and we got a van. So like a sprinter van kind of deal. Yep. Yep. So that was great. Still, yeah. It's a, it's a Dodge Ram ProMaster. It's not a sprinter, but it's the same concept. Right. 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 And so we can still travel, you know, we're going on a trip next weekend. Um, I actually got to go up to casino guitars and do some stuff. We got to do, uh, we're going to Texas toast in Colorado in May for a month. Then we're going to go to the NAM show. You know, we got a lot of traveling to do still, but this gives us a home base where we can get a lot of work done in a short amount of time. So that's been the change since December. Um, so we sold the motorhome, we sold the Jeep, we bought a car, we bought another motorhome, we got an apartment, you know, just kind of swap, switched all around. And now I have room for guitars because I only had room for a couple of guitars before. Right, <laughs> so, right. Yeah. I mean, I'm in the 900 square foot condo myself and like space is a premium. I wish yeah. you could see what was around me, right? I, I don't want the audience to see what is around me right now, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's tight. Um <laughs> Yeah, I have a small I have a small home. This is I was lucky when I bought this house. The the studio was built. The guy before me, um, the neighbors were complaining about the noise because he was a drummer. And so he built this studio to practice in. And then well, he was two before me, and then the guy before me um used it as man cave. And so when I moved in, I said, Well, this is gonna become my, you know my guitar room and that's what it is now is that's what you see and what you can't see is funko pops over here and guitar world magazines because i have like 1900 of them and uh, uh he's not joking he has one. every issue since like 1978 i remember yeah. you said that that's cool and then uh um my amps over here um they're piled up uh you can't see them but they're literally right here i can put my hands on them um, and so I'm in my swivel chair, right? And so I can swivel around and grab a guitar, right? That's not as far away as it looks. This room's only 11 feet. And, um, you know, I put the guitars on the wall, but the one that, that I'm playing actively, which I, I was just finished doing maintenance on two guitars for someone else, um, an old guild, which was really cool. And a guy's relatively new Martin. And, uh, so I was doing the, the, stuff on those and um so i didn't have my guitar on the thing i had that um and and so it's funny because you know we we make room for what we do what our passion is 
Mm-hmm. Um, David has given me crap because he's like, you're a collector because you got more than two Les Pauls. I think actually if it goes, I have more than one. <laughs> so, no, 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 no. Uh, it's, I, you're allowed to have two because you need a backup, but beyond two right. is collector territory. <laughs> yeah. And so he's kind of right. Um, and I have one you have not here four. right now. I you have, have four. Yeah, I have four. Um, <laughs> I have one that's not with me right now. A buddy of mine is playing it, but um, I'll, I'll probably get it back this week. But the point is that that there's a um, there's a passion for our uh, gear and what we do, um, but I was just you know I was amazed that you and Leslie were able to just up and go and live in a 38 foot home um, that had you know I, I've been in one of those things and I've I've ridden it I've never like owned one but. And I thought to myself, wow, where do they put everything in it? And it's amazing how you managed your life and managed the videos. Um, Cause one week you're in, um, you know, <laughs> Georgia and the next week you're in Tennessee and the next week you're in, um, you know, Arizona or something. And I was like, they, <laughs> the guy's all over the freaking place. Um, and the, the question and, I had, so yeah. you make hiccups, right? And obviously you have to test said pickups. And I'm not talking about just making sure they work, but like actually when you design something, you got to, you know, get loud and with an amplifier. Are you going to like a rehearsal space to do that when you're on the road or are you just like... I use the Kemper. Okay. I use the Kemper. Uh, I had a Kemper and a Helix. Okay. Um, I've had both too, so... (laughs) Yeah. And then it got... And then later on, um, I actually got rid of some stuff. And so I had some space, so I bought a Marshall. I have a, I actually have a Marshall Origin Twenty. Um, yeah, I, and see, that was part of the thing. Part of the thing was, for a couple of years, we didn't really design anything new. Um, right. We sold basically what I was making, and I had a lot of ideas. We had a lot of stuff, and then I started working. Um, I designed pickups for another company um, and it just got my brain and we went and we were there for a couple of months and I got my brain kind of flowing again. And I'm like, I want to make some more stuff. And, you know, we've come out with, well, I mean, probably in the next month, I mean, there'll be three new models of pickups out. Uh, We got some silver sky stuff coming. Uh, We've got some new strat stuff coming. We've got uh, a new humbucker that just came out, and I've got another new humbucker that's about to come out, and that's all since December because I've been sitting on this stuff. Because exactly what you're saying, it just I didn't have the I didn't have the mental or physical real estate to be extra creative because it was getting so busy that everything was super regimented, and you would be like. I'm going to wind this pickups and then I'm going to tear all this down and put this away and then get out a camera and shoot a video, then take mm-hmm. put the camera away and then get out the wax pot and wax pot those pickups that I just made. And then I'm going to put that away and, you know, and now it's kind of the, the spin around chair. We sit here and we wind and the soldering station is there and the wax pot is there and the press is there and the magnetizer is there and the right. shipping department 
apartment with the scale is over there and the editing bay is behind me and I don't have to, you know, and we've got a, a Focusrite 18i8 right there. So if I want to use the Marshall with the full pedal board, I can just flip a switch. If I want to use the Spark 40 and a video, I can just flip a switch. If we want to mic an acoustic, if I want to use, uh, vo do a voiceover, all the things are all set up and I could just sit down and hit a button and do it, you know, right. and we're before it was like, put all this stuff away. I, that's, that's how my lifestyle is. Even if I yeah. want to plug in an amp, like I have to literally plug it into the wall. I have to get the pedal board out. I have to connect up my snake. You know, it's, it's yeah. this whole thing. And then, you know, my wife is amazing, but it was getting to the point where we're both so annoyed because you're, because <laughs> you're literally like, I have to make 30 strat pickups today, which means on the little counters and everything. Yeah. There's order. 30 like just stuff everywhere. And you're like, well, then I'm going to get up in the morning and wax pot them. And you can't cook breakfast until that's all, you know, it just, I can't even sweet. imagine what getting parts is like on the road. Cause I know that some of the wire yeah, houses, I know from talking to Nick, like getting form var and stuff like that, it, you know, from the, in the right quantities in the right places is difficult because there's only like two places you can get some of that stuff. Yeah. Um, I had a pretty good relationship. We buy a lot of stuff. So I had a pretty good relationship with, um, my people and it got to the point where basically we used UPS stores. Yeah. So basically what I would do is I'd make an order. I would call them and I'd be like the order I just placed, this is where I needed to go. But the trick was that you had to like order it on a certain day. Cause we stayed everywhere a week. So you'd have to order it like on Thursday and I'd have to pay two day air for it. Cause that would do. So then that means it would come in the following Tuesday in the next town. Yeah. So if something happened, it would get totally screwed up. It didn't, it only happened one time, actually in two years. I really, only, but I was spending hundreds of dollars a month on freight, freight that I right. didn't have to spend now because yeah. of that. And I, I didn't raise my prices or anything. I absorbed that cost, but you know, cause I didn't, I felt, I didn't want to say that, you know, my lifestyle was going to cost my customers something because it was a choice I was making. Obviously I didn't want to do that to them, but it's so much less stressful now. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Especially at these volumes that we're doing. Oh, right. yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine trying to wind 30 pickups in a day. I just... I, can't, I don't do it I can't, I, I, I can't do 30 things in a day. Um, so doing 30 pickups in a day would, would be... It would be two things. It would be boring to me, just because I'm, I'm easily bored, especially if I do repetitive tasks. I... I think that's what really drove me to enjoy computer programming was, okay, I have a repetitive task. I will program something to do that repetitive task so I can go do something else. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's also what's gotten me out of a lot of bands because I'm like, all right, set list has gotten boring. Not learning any new songs. I'm not learning anything new on guitar. I'm not learning any new lyrics. I'm not learning any new styles. I'm moving on. And either the band needed to... That's either uh, good or bad, go. depending on how you look at it. Yeah, and, and there is a bad to it. There is a bad to it. Um, so, so you guys got off the road, mm -hmm. made the decision together. I'm sure that yeah. uh, it was time to go get an apartment. Um, and uh, just to let you know, if you ever need to park somewhere in Virginia Beach um, area, you can park here. Um, I have a whole side of the house. Just there, I will totally take you up on that. 
Yeah, I know you were right. Oh, we were right across the way, um, and you went over to OBX, and I was like, "Oh man, he's over in." Uh, well, and we went to Virginia, but I knew it afterwards. Oh, you did? Oh, damn. Twice. Okay, uh, <laughs> we'll take you up on that. You've been there yeah, more yeah, times than I have. Just let me know. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so uh, it would I be cool. We need twenty-one feet. We're only twenty-one feet long. Yeah. Now. Well, I have. I had enough room. I have enough room to put either one. But yeah. Um, so. Uh, now that you're you're back and you're doing that, Texas Toe. So you you hinted earlier, or you kind of said it, but I, I kind of want you to talk more about. You have a new guitar coming. What you can say about that new guitar uh, that you and Texas Toast are working on. What your part of that is, and what you'll be doing with Texas Toast here in the near future. Oh yeah. Um, so one of my customers actually, like three years ago. Um, Mike, his name's Mike Ivy. He's always in the chats on, on their videos. Um, he lives locally here in Augusta, Georgia. And he's like, have you ever heard of these guys? They're doing these classes. You should check them out because you should do something like that. And that's literally what, that's why we have a Patreon. He gave me that idea. I went and kind of like ripped off their idea with what they're doing and kind of adapted it to me. Um, since then, you know, we've been out there. We spent a couple of weeks with them. Um, we got to see their shop and, you know, I was around for a couple of their building classes things. And we did a very short, like, uh, did a, just a couple hours, like a, maybe a half a day, kind of pick up how to choose the right pickups for your guitar kind of class sort of thing. Yep. Um, but Matt and I have been talking for probably two years about wanting to do a full on take some winding machines and some soldering irons because they do those things where you can build a guitar in a week. Right. So we thought, wouldn't it be cool if you had a couple of days before that, where you learned how to wind pickups, you wound your own pickups and then you installed then you his guitar building class, you built your guitar and then you put your own pickups that you made in your own guitar. Like that would be the ultimate cool week for someone who loves this stuff. It would be That's awesome. It, yeah. So that's what we're doing in May. Um, as a result of what we've done back and forth, and I sponsor their, um, I don't sponsor much stuff, but I sponsor their uh, live stream. And um, as a result of that, a lot of their customers will order their guitars from them with my stuff. So I send pickups to them, you know, to put in customers' guitars. And as a result, like some of their customers will be like, hey, I have this other guitar. Can, you know, I want to order some. So we've kind of worked together a lot on some, a lot of little projects. Right. Um, this thing that happened this week was really a surprise. I did not know. I say this in the, the video comes out tomorrow at noon Eastern, uh, which would be because this is. So it would come out February 7th. So by the time you all hear this, it'll be out. Um, last Tuesday, February 3rd or whatever, Matt and Chris called me and they're like, hey, we're doing this 2P90, like Les Paul special kind of thing, but it's their original design. And before anybody says, can you get Dylan pickups in it? Let's just put Dylan pickups in it. Let's just say that from, they totally blew me. They like totally blindsided, not blindsided me because it was a positive thing, but like I had no idea. 
that they were going to do this. And they're like, and we have the first one, but we don't have any of your pickups here. So let's just send the guitar to you. You can put your pickups in it. You might as well shoot a review about it while you're there. And then just here's a, a you know a call tag for it. Just send it on to the customer when it's done. So that guitar is sitting over there. I just got done with the video last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> and I played it all day Friday and all day Saturday. Um, and a lot this morning too. And it's a really, really good guitar. So they were going to limit it to 10, but those have already sold out. So, and the video's not out yet. <laughs> um, we do this news thing every Wednesday. Right. And those things usually get, you know, I don't have the biggest channel in the world. Those, those things usually get maybe, I don't know, 1500, 2000 views a week. Yep. Um, that particular one has 23,000 and it came out Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know why, but people are really into it. So, and they sold a bunch of them. So yep. they're going to make more. So it's really cool. And all, my pickups are going to be in all of them. So Very can cool. we see it? Can we see yeah. it? Yeah. I didn't know if we were legally allowed or. <laughs> oh, no, no. We, this won't come out before your video. So probably not. I'm actually, I did edit two today. So we got that going for us. That's good. Oh, yeah, yeah, that is that, that is looks, not a Les Paul Jr. That is no one could say. J- Jim, that looks that. really, really familiar. That looks kind of like my golden. Yeah, that looks really cool. I like uh, that. It's, it's Honduran mahogany, one piece. Um, that doesn't matter. With a Honduran, Honduran mahogany neck. <laughs> um, yep. No scarf joint. Yep. Hip, shot, hip shot tuners, seven yep. degree bay head angle. You can lay it on a table and it doesn't That's break cool. it out. Um, RP nineties, of course, hip shot bridge, probably the biggest difference would be it's string through. It's not a stop bar tailpiece, like a normal, like yep. a less ball style guitar, uh, volume, volume tone. It's fantastic. It's yeah. a cool looking piece. It's, that is uh, a really cool looking guitar. Found neck. Yep. So, uh, this is black poison wood, I think. Wow. Interesting. And, um, and David, it, notice there's no markings on that fretboard. Yeah. Yeah. Are, are there no tool marks on there? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. <laughs> I know no there's, no there's no inlays. There's no inlays. Jim and I have been going back and forth because because uh, Gibson, like the, the modern Gibsons have been coming and they they got little marks in the fretboard from from tooling. Yeah. And Mine does. It, they all have it. It's it's a production mark, but but you know that's the thing. Like if you're buying a three thousand dollar Gibson, like there shouldn't be tooling marks in it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and some people and some that, people don't really care. Bad. Some people don't yeah, care. People, but like but I'm myself, but I, I always care. poke fun at Jim because it's tooling. He marks. does. He does. <laughs> it's okay. Look, there's the there's the tattoo. All right. So yeah, I'll be. A, I will admit it. I am a Gibson fan, but that said, have I not always taken the criticism as well? I mean, it's uh, got, yeah. I mean, you, yeah, can't, you, you, you take, can't the, take good the good with the bad, the bad for bad. sure. Because <laughs> I give you a hard I, time. <laughs> I've said a hundred times. Look, my three three five is fantastic. I love it. Love my three three five. Yet, first thing I showed him was there's some buffing compound like down in the yeah in the in the back pocket this, yeah there's this fun spot if I opened the pickup cavities on my um my standard you should see the rough cut 
Oh, that, yeah, it's like they chewed it. Yeah, yeah it, it looks like a dog chewed it. Jim, 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 but my PRS, remember how much buffing compound was still in the guitar when I took the back plate off? Oh, yeah. My, my Silver Sky's like that. Yeah. yeah. It looked like you could... Well, it, not in the back plate, but underneath the underneath the scratch plate. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, SE or, SE or the, the, um, oh, the core one. Okay. Ooh, yeah. yeah I mean, it's like, it looked like they were doing lines of cocaine off mine. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was really bad. <laughs> it was really bad. But the mine only is, had one guy. <laughs> uh, not all the cheap guitars. Like, let's just say, I don't mean, I don't guitars worth owning normal brands that we can think of legacy yeah. brands. Mm-hmm. Is there any that you would not own? Like, right. The whole fanboy thing is stupid to me because I want all of them. Yeah. <laughs> I want all the things. That's a good point. It's not real. There's a couple of brands I probably wouldn't buy from anymore, but it's mostly because of reputation. Um, like what? Uh, well, like Kiesel. So I own a Kiesel. And uh, I don't. I, I have some some political entanglements in my family that prevent me from wanting to throw, cast my lot with somebody who has done some of the things that he's done. Um, gotcha. So I mean, so personal I, value stuff, or yeah, I mean, that, but that's that's different than like saying, oh, it's just you know they make bad guitars, yeah, right? That's that's like you with full tone. I mean, you know, same thing. Um, there's there's certain things, and and I don't necessarily mean you, but people with full tone um might say hey i don't agree with what you know i say by used did. And, I, and that's what i say because guess what you're getting no more money from that used one yeah that's right um, that, that's I not putting like more money in ocds so i don't really care. me either i hate the ocd i literally hate the ocd really I, the only the only full tone thing i like is the clyde wah honestly uh, deja vibe a, the deja vibe and the deja vibe is good but that the clyde va is the only thing that for me if i have better my vibes than the deja better. vibe now but i have a, i've got better vibes than the deja vibe but that being said that that's one of the few pedals that they make that is still interesting um yeah. you know I, it's funny you bring it up i i had an ocd i i used one that was my main drive for like four or five years and um i stopped using pedals i got my mason mark V around the time that i sold my ocd and i just didn't need boosts or anything at that point because i because i could go direct me amp and i can get all my sounds that way but um i recently started getting back into drive pedals and stuff and i got a king of tone about two years ago and i was like why the hell are people after the ocd like <laughs> oh, dude that king of tone is so good man yeah okay. yeah I'm my on the list favorite, again. <laughs> my overdrive like, pedal that I have that I really like is the Keeley DNM. Okay. Yep. It's yep. it's not a king of tone, but to me it's the next best thing and it's different. I wouldn't say it's better or worse. It's just a different flavor, mm-hmm. but it does the same sort of thing and I really like it. Yeah. The truth of the the truth of the matter when it comes to me with overdrive is I found what I like. And that is, and unfortunately, it's not, believe it or not, it's not my normal gigging rig, which I, you know, but my Marshall with the clean channel right at the edge of breakup, um, the gain right at the edge of breakup and the Tumnus uh, and a Les Paul. Yeah. Clunk, that's, clunk. that's me. And that's what I was looking for. The second I hit that thing, I can back up the volume just enough to get what I like out of it and bring it up just enough to get the other side that I like out of it. 
and I can play with that those combinations, um, and that's all I need. I just that Achilles compressor for, for me. It's uh, that Gibson. My, I think mm-hmm. my ultimate rig, really. All this crap I do every day. My ultimate rig would be that Gibson right there with one P ninety. Yep. A cable <laughs> and a Princeton with all the knobs all the way up. Vintage Princeton or modern one? I don't care. Yeah. So so I own the modern one. I owned the modern one and yeah, I was not a fan. So I don't know. As if soon as I don't like Princeton. To be honest with you, uh I know for sure that the Princeton Tone Master is coming. Yeah. I, yep. will, I will own it when it comes out. And once that It'll comes out five pounds. That's gonna be my amp. <laughs> oh, and yeah. okay. And then if I need if I need an overdrive to push it, an EP booster or a soul food or some sort of archer clon thing, yep. something that barely does anything, but just pushes a low watt amp with a one P90. Yeah. EP booster for my money. For, now for that's that your thing, P90, yeah. right? Bill? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so what we got, we got more stuff to talk about, don't we, Jim? And I mean, I know we're, we're here for a while, but uh, if you got another. Well, I know. Um, so uh, this is a personal question. So you're right. going to have a replacement set um, of pickups for the Silver Sky coming, the Silver Sky SE. Yeah. And I know that are you going to do the um, preload of pickguard thing? Um, the prototype of the. <clears throat> The prototype first cut of those pit guards come in uh, this week. And as long as it works the way it's supposed to, yeah. I've already spoken to my vendor and um, I have those cut for me. And so um, we did the tracing, we got it all sorted and yes. And you're gonna be able to get uh, a loaded pit guard. You're gonna be able to get, and the pit guards are the same for both guitars. So if you wanted, uh, if you wanted, you know, a tortoise, I was going to put a tortoise pick card on my paint guitar because I thought that'd be really pretty. Um, you know, whatever. Yeah, we're going to do both. And uh, I'm actually also working on a set of pickups for the Silver Sky Core, which is going to be different because the pickups are different. Right. Mm-hmm. Physically a different dimension. Oh, so, okay. yeah. They actually don't yeah, have, I- um, have a strap pickup right here. So, the strap pickup has got this, you know, angle on the back that won't fit in the route. They're actually flatter. Oh, wild. Yeah. So we actually have to cut different flat work for them. So I'm working on that also. That kind of sucks actually. I mean, not from your perspective, but like from PRS, like, I think it's because, well, it's, it's fine for them because they figure if you're going to buy it, you're going to use those pickups, right? Yeah. But, right. The thing is though, is those pickups do the thing. They don't do anything else. So they're glorious at what they do, but they don't do, they do John Mayer. They do, uh, you could probably say they do Mark Knopfler. Yeah. Anything clean. Like, I don't want to put overdrive on them. They don't really. They're very clean and glass. They don't need it. They don't want it. They don't really like it that much. 
So what if we could give them a couple of different options? What if we could do a couple of different options for people that had Silver Skies, really like the guitar, but give them a couple of different flavors where they could kind of get all of the above instead of being stuck in that one kind of wheelhouse that that guitar does really well. That's right. kind of the goal, but I don't know how well it's... I'm still... The first blush is in that guitar right there, and they're okay, but I'm going to make another set this week. So... Yeah, I'd probably go because I got the yellow. Mm -hmm. And I'd probably go for like a, um, if I was to pick a pick guard color, it would kind of go with that aged white. Because you notice that, because they're going to put the, the this pick, pick guard is the same. My pick guard is exactly the same as yours. And it's right. very white. And yes. if you're going to give me an aged white yellow uh, guitar, yeah. yeah, I should have a yellowed pick guard with yellowed stuff. Mm -hmm. That's what I would, you know, that's what I would order. Um, I do like the fact that, because that's my ultra strat right there. I do like the fact that that's kind of, you can't tell in, the, in this probably, but it's, it's parchment. Yeah, it's parchment yeah. mint. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Just, yeah. And it's I'm just so out. much of a hint that it, it gives it age without being like, look at how green this is in person. That's not what it does. Yeah. It just gives you that little bit of, okay, this looks each. And that's a mint, a mint on this one would look awesome. That, oh yeah. That would look killer. Right? Like, yeah. And even on the blue one, a mint would look good on the blue, that girl, oh, yeah. you know, or whatever. So anyway, I want to, I want to do a couple of different com combinations. We'll see if it works this week. I, you know, as long as the tracing went well and, um, and what they do is they make up a tooling for me so that I can just be like, okay, I want this, this, and this, and this, um, we're not probably going to sell blank pick guards. Although if it turns into a thing, maybe we will, um, we kind of Leslie and I have a core, I make pickups. Right, know, right. We used to, we used to do a bunch of other things. We had a great cable line that was fantastic. We had, a. um, and a bunch of other accessories and you could buy all your pots and caps and all that kind of stuff from me before. And it just got to be, I make pickups. So <laughs> outside, of, outside of loaded pick guards and loaded tele setups, I'm not doing anything else. Well, it makes sense. I mean, so yeah. you'd, you'd source the, you'd source the pots, you'd source the plastic. I mean, you'd source the cut. I mean, I think somebody asked you during this week's thing, do you make, do you cut your own pick guards? You, you source those, you Correct. give them a template and you source them. And I think that, you know, that mint one you talked about, that one would look good in here. Cause that's, again, that goes to where, as long as it's not so minty, it's like, you know, right. I, yeah. I don't want, um, what's that, uh, what's that mint you get after, um, uh, <laughs> after a dinner, um, Andy's candy. But I, I do enjoy a little bit of aged, uh, uh, look just like everybody else. You know, I yep. love an aged look and I love an aged feel. Um, so, uh, I, I, and I can't, obviously I'm not speaking for anybody but myself, but I think it would look good. Um, that's that's cool. one person's opinion. Um, so, and I think it would work good also in that dragon fruit because that's the other color that they've got. Yeah. So, you know, it wouldn't be, you know, ew, that doesn't look good in that dragon fruit, right. you know. An right. aged white looks good in any guitar that's going to have an aged white or a white, white pickup, pick guard. Yeah. That would always look good. Um, and I'm so, just going to say it. If, if you only have that guitar... Yep. 
you probably will never feel you may never feel the need for pickups if you just bought that guitar if you hear it side by side with the core one yep you're gonna want new pickups right and all the videos that came out were like they're exactly the same even no. mine was kind of like that they're like yeah it's pretty close but we took it out and played it at a gig both guitars and a 63 strat at the same gig right right you show me some pictures and the green guitar that one didn't hang didn't hang in real context for 85 percent of people though they're aren't going to compare it like that um it'll be fine but for the few that either have one already and wanted us wanted an se or they have like a really proper strat and they want an se they're gonna want new pickups you know just putting this out there i know i saw the videos and saw the comparisons right and like i've seen comparisons of other guitars i remember when the original came out the the uh, core model and they were comparing it to sirs and stuff and i see these videos and i see people playing these and i was like oh they sounded identical you know in the identical player's hands and all this kind of thing and i always just thought to myself like does anybody realize that when you put a microphone in front of a speaker you're losing so much nuance because it's that you know so, so paul paul says this and i and i want to bring this up because i think it's worth we're just gonna paul paul reed smith um says that you know guitar is subtractive right and yeah. i think i think he understands it like from the perspective of the equipment builder but as somebody who does a lot of studio work i mean when i'm recording stuff i realize that the sound that comes out of my speakers into my microphone based on my microphone placement has a huge impact on what frequencies are coming through and there are things that i can detect in the room that are not going to show up on the recording like and i can and, and you kind of get a feel for it after you've done it enough you're like you know that that super high in presence thing that this does uh, with that amp it's not going to show up on the recording anyway because the microphone peters out past 10k so you know um, there's that kind of stuff going on where even when I heard that the recording comparisons between this SE and that, and they were like, Oh, these are basically the same. And I didn't actually hear any that I thought were basically the same first off. Um, now, of course I listen in a different environment than most people. I've got, you know, JBL studio monitor in front of me. My room is all treated in front of me so that I have no reflections coming from the wall. Um, and I heard distinct differences, but I think for a lot of people, this is what got me was like a lot of people would hear those. And if they did hear differences, they might actually prefer the the SE in the recording. But it's like when you get it into a live situation, it's not going to have the um, I don't want, I, I don't want to use the word ball, but like the the width. Yeah, that too. I mean, the low mids are going to be different, too. But I'm just saying, like, even the, the 3D width that you get you know, from like a good set of strap pickups in an in-between position, for example, it, they're, they're just wider sounding. Um, yeah. For, for lack of a better word. Well, Dylan, like you, the first thing I did, uh, so I haven't even shot a video yet. So I took that thing, I took the back off. Um, I took, uh, and I did a little adjustment and I, uh, but I didn't change the strings yet. Took it to a gig and I, well, I say gig, an open mic. And I did four songs and um, people love the sound. 
Um, but there was what you're talking about. So I was next to a Les Paul with a Marshall. I was next to a uh, really, really nice Fender, but it was through a Katana. And I was through my Blues Junior. I little, I, I had an edge over the Katana. Okay. I'm just going to say that. Um, I, I'm not going to put down the Katana. I have one. It's sitting right here. Um, but I'm just saying that, that in a live situation, I had a little bit of an edge. Um, I can say that <clears throat> that's why I reached out to you. And I don't know if you remember. Um, and I said, are you planning to build a, a, a set of pickups for this? Because the truth of the matter is that as much as I like it, th this is what I like about the guitar. So I played them both. Now, of course, I played the initial. I, I understand they changed some of the neck profile on the on the thing. So I have to get myself my hands on the core. Yeah, because it did not feel good. It felt like I, I literally used to live down the street where they make Louisville sluggers. And I was like, <laughs> this thing is a Louisville slugger. I mean, it, it was terrible. I was like, and I love fat necks. Look at what I play. Well, and the I new one like, is bigger than the old one. I'm going to tell you that. Is my, it, buddy and, has, my buddy has a 2019. Mm -hmm. I played it back to back with mine and my neck is bigger because mine's brand new. And right. yeah, it, it's big. I love yeah. it though. Yeah. And so, and a lot of people love that. I love the feel of this guitar. That's why I said, are you putting together pickups? Because the guitar is right. The bones of this guitar is right. Yeah. It feels good. It, it plays well. It, you know, is it perfect? No. You take the back, the back plate off of this one. It is not pretty like the, like the uh, um, core model. It's actually routed very That's ugly. That's why put the back you, plate on it. <laughs> yeah, you get inside of it too. So, you know, um, uh, there are some things where I'm like, and the scarf joints a little bit, but, and I can feel a scarf joint. I don't care what anybody says. I can feel a scarf joint. But that said, and I don't feel it a bad way. I just know it's there. I'm very aware of it. Um, but because of all that, though, I still, I like the way this guitar feels and plays. And, and, and so I'm all about taking the strings off that I don't like, putting the strings on that I like, and then putting a set of pickups in it that will give me a wider range of tonal options that i can yeah. enjoy you know what are the what, what are those end up retailing at they're like what 850 or something mm -hmm. yeah i mean that's not that's not bad for you know the, the inflated economy we're dealing with right now right that's like right the price you should be for a guitar that you're going to customize and that's why i've been saying all along is this guitar was made to be customized like in my mind this is this is the guitar you buy to to you know that you're going to mod because nobody wants to buy a three thousand dollar guitar and mod it you know so I, mean? I bought so i got that guitar uh sweetwater gave me that right right um and then as soon as it hit the door i told leslie as soon as it hit the door i was like you know what it's 8 49 so here's what i did i bought this mm-hmm I bought this. I did not get this for free. Um, it's a strat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you could say that much. It's got it's all the a, characteristics. <laughs> it's a strat. It's terrible for the same money. If you were to just say dollars and cents, this guitar is terrible. Now, is it terrible? Is it a terrible guitar? No. But next to that one, the fretwork suck. I mean, it's like bad in comparison. It's now is it playable? Can you 
I wouldn't, I would fix it right away. 99% of people are going to play it forever this way, but I would fix it right away. It's not good. Um, and it just feels cheap. The tuners are cheap. The trim is garbage compared to the PRS one. Um, well, that's because the they, they've intentionally neutered their trim systems for years. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing that's not going for it is the back plate is a three ply. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, but, and of course it sounds more stratty. It's a strat. It sounds, it sounds, it sounds like, like you'd dumb, expect it to. Yes. It sounds like a Mexican strat. Not as good as in America because it doesn't. It's not as muscular for um, sure. It doesn't sound as good as, you know, a custom shop strat. I, I'm real careful about American too because they put noiseless pickups and everything and they just completely friggin' ruin the entire line. So I hate noiseless pickups. So American strat these days, 90% of them come with noiseless pickups except for a couple of models. So this is a dumbed down version of like an American original, only not because it has two post trim. So right. that's the problem with Fender. There's like, we did a series on them. There's too many SKUs, and they're not. None of them are right. There was 22 tellies. Yeah, 18 strats, and there's probably more now. And I was like, and there wasn't any real ones. The American originals are two grand, and they're pretty close. Yep, being right. But at that point, you might as well just go get a team built custom shop for 2,500 bucks and get what you want, or right, or right. or even just build your own. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, it's, a, website, it, yeah. it's a well, no, it's a parts caster. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, these are these well, are cookie yeah. cutter guitars. They're building blocks, right? So if you want, yeah. you build the one that's identical to the spec you want. And I know people who I, I actually know somebody who had he had his hand on a fifty seven he really really liked, and he said I want one just like it, and he went through hell to get one that was just like it. And yeah. he ultimately got a guitar that's very similar, but it was like. You know, it's one of those situations where you'd have to do the research to know what you're doing to clone one. But I mean, they're not going to do it for you. I mean, they, yeah. they in my lifetime of playing guitar. So I started playing guitar in like 2001 ish. Um, you know, I'm baby of this group, obviously. Um, I They have never produced a Stratocaster that I felt like was what my heroes were playing. Do you know what I mean? Where like six post bridge. Correct angle on the bridge because that's that's the other thing is that that uh, that bevel that's on the front of the bridge has changed over the years and they know that and the only place you can get one that's correct is either you go to Callaham or you go to the Fender Custom Shop and like that's that's their shtick right they they've learned that there are certain things that they know discerning players are going to look for and they've priced them at a point where you can't get them out of the production models. And then they have all these SKUs that like, okay, so I get the artist models and, and we've talked about this on the show, but I, I'm not a big fan of the signature guitars. I don't, I don't think I need somebody's signature on my guitar. Like that doesn't, that doesn't do anything for me. Um, but they also have this whole other like system of ranges that they created that really don't make a whole lot of sense. Like even the vintage correct ones, the vintage, like I forget what they're calling them now, but you know, they've always the done a vintage yeah. reissue series. They're always yeah, like they're shades of not actually the vintage guitar. And right. it, it just drives me crazy. To be I have fair, a fair what they're doing is they're trying to go as vintage spec as possible. Like so the Ventera thing, for example, right. with some of them having uh, a nine and a half inch radius on the fretboard. Like I get what they're doing. It's the same thing with this green one. 
they're trying to go as close to John Mayer spec and vintage Strat spec as possible, but they know that at this price point, an eight and a half inch radius on the fretboard and a little bit smaller neck is going to appeal to more people in the end. Right. So they don't it's want to know how many guitars they're going to sell to whom. Correct. Right. Is what yeah. kind of, and the same thing with the two post trim instead of the six screws, it's just easier to deal with for somebody who's in that area. If there's uh, been I, 50, yeah, the I also think there, we might be getting that. a Fiore too. And I think there might be some parts congruency there. Um, yes. At some yes. point in the future, we may be seeing a Fiore uh, yeah. SE. Oh, you well. will. I ordered it. I ordered it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I ordered the blue one. It won't be here till October. No, no, the SE the, the, in the in the uh, oh. in the cheaper yeah. line. I, I'm would sure not we'll see an SE of the Fiore. Because I've heard yeah. those guitars are selling very, very well. So yeah, I can't get one till October. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, that's well, but they're ordered out two years in advance anyway. So yeah. like, I, I my, I'm really close to my PRS dealer, and they, they tell me, you know, like you can't even get an order for you know whatever, like unless a new product drops, and then they, there's some you know they have an allotment that they that they sell to dealers, then you can get it on an app. But basically, if you like like the um, what's the the hollow body they sell a ton of. Uh, the, it, oh, the, the SE hollow body. No, 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 no. It used to be green, but now it's blue. Oh. I forget. I forget. It's some signature model. Yeah. It's just escaping oh. me right now. Like a Trimani or a, um, it's an SE, but it's like, there, it's what okay. I've heard. It's their best selling guitar. Right. And, um, it, yeah. the single cut, you know, hollow semi hollow thing. And it, anyway, they, um, Oh, oh they're, yeah, 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 they're yeah, ordered out like two years in advance. You can't yep. even, a dealer can't even place an order for more of them. So if they don't have any on order, you're screwed. That yeah, that's funny. I, um, uh, Dylan and I were talking when the um, when the SEs came to Sweetwater, and I told him I said, yeah, my rep got me one, and he's like, I gotta get a hold of it. <laughs> so um, and he was lucky enough to get one because believe me, I don't. I think if he'd have waited ten more minutes, he wouldn't have got one. Um, well, and I'll tell you what happened. So I actually called my rep and I was like, dude, uh, put me down for one. I was like, but I need to talk to the social media department and see if I can get a video going. Right. Brand integration going. He's like, well, I'm going to hold one for you. And you talk to that department and see what happens. So then of course that worked out. Right. So then when they went to go grab that guitar, because I was supposed to get a blue one, they were already gone. And I was like, just send me whatever you have. And so I got a green one. Yeah. Because it was already like by 11 o'clock that morning, they were all gone. Yeah. 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 And and the mom and pops didn't get any yet, basically. I mean, for, for depending on, you know, what level dealer they are. Like most yeah, of them, they just got some last week, but they're yeah. all pre-sold. I they're ju- they're they just like starting that. to come in, yeah. Because I know that yeah. there's some coming to some stores that I know, but um, yeah. But let's face it, when they're in, they're out because a lot of even the mom and pops have got pre-sales, pre-orders. Yeah, that are, yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. And <clears throat> so the the cool thing about you getting the green one is it doesn't really matter because you're gonna get you've got it in, you got the video done. That was a, that yeah. Was now it's got the core, and, <laughs> and yeah, and you've got the core, which was nice because you got that core. Right before um but also you'll get to do this you'll get to do the the other part and then you'll sell it 
I've got and three or four people lined up already. Th- yeah, yeah. I, I know people have been asking you, right, to sell yeah. that guitar to them. And you're like, no, no, wait, I got to finish what I'm doing <laughs> before I can sell this to you because you're not getting it until I'm done. Happily, I'll just give me 10 more minutes. I'll <laughs> yeah. tell you one of the people that really wants it from me. Uh-huh. My buddy who has the 63, the 64, and the 66 strap. Figures. Yeah. 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 And I saw that 60, I think it was the 63 and you're, mm-hmm. that you were playing the other day. Yeah. Um, really nice. Like, like I said, I just did a, um, I just did a write up of a local guy's guitar that, um, uh, a lot of people, cause it's, it's kind of a local, um, the guitar itself, um, and, and the player, uh, are kind of local, uh, um, what would you call a celebrity in the, um, you know, people know that guitar and they know that guy. And what's funny is if you saw him in person, he's got to be five foot two. Okay. Um, and that guitar, it looks like it's hanging low. That's because they don't make straps that short. It's, it's <laughs> kind of like Angus Young, you know? And, uh, but I, you know, I love Ed. He's, he's a great guy. And, um, so I said to him, cause I want to start doing this. Um, I said, Ed, I'd, I'd love to write up on the guitar. Let me ask you some questions about it. And I actually kind of want to get him uh, where I do a little interview like this because um, of that. But the thing is, that guitar is worn, um, battle worn, you know, and it, it all came from I, I had posted a thing. And this is the thing that, that I don't think people get. So all I had done was said that that Trogley had seen the new he got in the new um, Mike Ness. Uh, Mike Ness. Right. And I get it. That's a custom shop. It's great. People love it. Hey, that's your cool. That's cool. It's your, it, it's your thing. $9,000 guitar. So he gets it in. Yeah, $89.99. Um, he gets it in. I'm sure he got a deal on it because he resells these things. So whether somebody did a new guitar day program through him or whatever, he calls it whatever. So he gets it in. He goes, I don't understand what this dark color is. I've never seen this on a guitar around the wearmark. And I'm like, <laughs> and I said, all that does is show Trogley's age. I said, because look, the guy graduated high school somewhere in around 2010. Okay. So he's barely 30 years old. He's younger right? than I am. Yeah. And so I get it. I wish I had come up in the years of no smoking and bars. Jesus. You know, well, but and, you know and that's not necessarily true either. Cause like, I can remember being in bars with cigarette smoke. Oh yeah, not, not even that long ago. But that right. said, but yeah, not as much years of it. Somebody like you, you know, right? And and the only thing I was saying was a guy like Mike Ness, who's sixty by the way. Mike Ness is sixty years old. He's only a couple of years older than I am. So he's probably at Smoky Ness. Studios. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's that's just it. Everybody smoked everywhere. And my point was not that it's just a smoky bar. There was a time when people smoked in the in hospital. Okay, yeah. So it's it's hard for someone who never saw this to see that it used to be uncool not to smoke. Now it's uncool to smoke. Yeah, I and, mean, just a little anecdote to share. I mean, we all talk about Neve consoles and what those things cost and stuff nowadays. Nowadays, because of the vintage aesthetic and what they cost back then, and it's like people were using them as ashtrays. <laughs> I mean, they were literally like putting their cigarette soak out on the console. <laughs> and not all that, uh, and not all that tobacco came from uh, North Carolina. If you get my drift. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so um, there was, a, they were probably doing lines off those things. Yeah. I mean, 
and a guy like Mike Ness, he wasn't babying his guitar. That's nineteen seventy six. It was a tool. It was a tool. Right. Exactly. And so I think that that's that's why I took a picture of Ed's because I wanted to show a guitar that was about the same age. It's actually younger, and it got a similar wear because of a guy who played it four to five just like you he gets up in the morning david and he plays like an hour before work and <laughs> yeah but he doesn't have work he plays for hours i play during work. then he has lunch. anybody <laughs> then he plays for hours then he goes to gigs and he goes to open mics and he goes to you know the uh, studio so this is a guy that's been doing what mike nest did for years in rock and roll and so my point was not everybody takes their, their guitars the same way. And Trogley's used to seeing, for the most part, I'm not saying he's never seen an old guitar. And that was the thing that really ticked me off. And somebody's like, hey, he's seen an old guitar. I know. But they're mostly museum pieces. And that's what he's trying to do. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's respectable. He's trying to build a museum of guitars. So he doesn't care about bringing in a player's grade that someone literally used as an ashtray and put their cigarettes out on. I mean, can you imagine Mike Ness? If he was smoking a cigarette while he was playing, he uh, the ashes falling on it, and then him like, where am I going to put it? Well, I'll put it right here, and he puts it out. And just like, he doesn't I care. Know, I got no other choice, you know. <laughs> and that's that. That was my point. Um, is that it didn't happen? Like it wasn't a year. It wasn't two years. It wasn't six months. It was decades of that mistreatment and abuse and that's the thing that like when i hear about joe bottomasa he walks into a guitar store because I, I talk to the guys at guitar center when he comes in and they're like he's not looking for a pristine guitar he's not looking for the pretty guitar no. he wants that one that has been through the ringer and it's really cool and it's got a story and it's got more stories than you do you know what i mean and that's the I mean, that goes, cool. that harkens back to the same thing we were talking about earlier, though. Like, when somebody talks about an instrument and they go, it's from the 70s, I think people have a tendency to, like, kind of dismiss that as, like, okay, it's, you know, the 70s. But that's 50 years ago or right. 70 years ago if you're talking about a 59. It's it's scary. It's outlived its original owner, most likely. I mean, I was I was... I was six years old in 1970. I mean, it's scary for me to look back and go, that was 52 years ago. <laughs> I just got in a huge thing on my stuff the other night because uh, I pretty much, well, you know, I don't hold much back. And um, mm -hmm. I don't really care about the Beatles. Right, like, right. We, and that's, <laughs> we, we've had that conversation on the show before, I too. love the Beatles. <laughs> I just, and I love Kiss, but there are people that don't. And everybody was like, I mean, you know, this is here's where I'm at on classic rock. I love certain pieces and certain guitar parts. And I also will watch every documentary so that I can learn as much about right. the history of music. And I really respect everybody's place in music. But for a lot of this music, not going too far back, but pretty far back now, I was there. Like, it's not, I don't care to, like... It's not legendary to you because you lived through no, it. No, exactly. And so, and every and somebody was like, yeah, but you wouldn't even be doing what you're doing now 
if it wasn't for the Beatles because guitar wouldn't be what it is. And I'm like, that is a bunch of... No, there were plenty of people before the Beatles that were making guitar popular. Well, and here's... The th- and in the same time. The Beatles broke up 58 years ago. Yep. People forget that time has passed and that the cultural significance and the cultural gap has grown and grown and grown. So a fully grown person, like a fully grown person in their thirties, in their thirties. Yeah. Could never have heard a Beatles song. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And had complete influences from whoever, whomever they got it from. And yeah, but they don't even know it, but they were in. No. Once that gap is there, it doesn't matter. Like, and people are like, yeah, well, you were influenced by bands that were influenced by the Beatles. And I'm like, so yeah, but what? I like the, but I didn't like the Beatles stuff about them because I don't like the Beatles. I liked the other stuff about them that wasn't Beatles. That's why I liked them. So, you know, right. like. I mean, I get, I get it completely, but, but that, that just kills me. Cause it's like, well, you like this band that liked Django Reinhardt that, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like Django right. Reinhardt was 80 years ago, 85 right. years ago. Right. He died 80 years ago, you know, right. um, which is why I'm just like, kind of like scratching my head on this. Cause I'm like, I, I, I never got, I've never played that game that this person is influenced by this. And then, so therefore, right. you're also influenced by this. And it's somebody like, no. said to me, somebody said to me, they're like, they're like, well, what about Leo Fender? If it wasn't for Leo Fender, don't you make Fender designed stuff? And I'm like, because we were talking about this whole cultural gap, and like, I don't want to live in the past. I want to know what's on the mu- on the radio right now. Like, right. I'm not stuck in whatever year. Like, I want to know what's happening right now. And they're like, well, don't you make Fender inspired products? Like, aren't you, you know, isn't everything you do just as a responsibility of Fender? And I'm you like, you have a respect for somebody without, you know. And I'm like, yeah, I do make Fender design products. And here's why because nobody else will let go of the past and let me design something else. Oh, yeah. I can't make, if I, if I. Fishman's are a classic I, example. If, yes. If I went completely on my own. And did something crazy out in left field that was not inspired by Fender. No one would buy it because they're all stuck in 1975. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. So Mm -hmm. I have to stay in a certain slot in order to make a living. Because let me tell you, I would not if I didn't have to. I have lots of ideas. David and I have... I yeah, want to see David some of those ideas, man. That. I want to see them come to market. Yeah. <laughs> That's my uh, thing. David and I have talked about that a hundred times. Like, uh, look, I'm a, I'm 58 years old, so I'm a, I'm a bad example of what the future wants, and I get it. Okay, <laughs> I get it. I really do. I want the Les Paul, the Les Paul. Um, but what I, okay. but I, what I don't appreciate is how when Gibson would try to do something new. People would just say, that's not a Les Paul. Like my, this gold yeah. top has push-pull knobs. They right? can't accept and that something might be better, you know, changed. It has to be exactly like the original or no dice. So here's what right. you do. You buy an old one and you have it around. Guitars are the only thing that this happens with. I'm a, So what people don't realize is if I like guitars this much, Right. It pales in comparison to how much I like anything right. with an engine in it. 
That's right. I've seen cars and motorcycles. I'm more of a gearhead <laughs> than I am a guitar. I like guitars a lot, and it rules my life right now. But I like motorcycles and cars. Way, if I could make my living doing that stuff instead of this, which I actually used to until I got hurt, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even do guitar stuff. I mean, that's how much I love cars and motorcycles. And here's oh, yeah. I've seen your Triumph stuff and your other stuff. That's yeah. that's a discussion for another day. In the power sports and automotive industry, if you want something vintage, you just go get my favorite car is a 65 GTO. I have right. one. But I did not expect it to perform and have air conditioning and stop and go and turn and handle and have fuel. You injection. accept the faults. Yes. So here it is. So here it is. That's what I have. And that's what I use sometimes. And yep. then I use fuel injection and air conditioning uh, the rest of the time because right. that's real life. And you don't go, wow, that fuel injection, air conditioning, that sucks. That, yeah, right. that, they never should have put that in cars. That blows. <laughs> right. God, so why that, can't we that, do that? Why can't we do that with guitars? Why can't we say I have, uh, and, and this is what I'm trying to do. It's actually what I'm trying to physically do with my collection. Cause I think a lot of people think I hate vintage instruments. I'm like, no, let's have that right there. That barely intonates actually because of the vintage design that it is. Yeah. Right. But at the same token, let's have a carbon fiber acoustic guitar and a PRS silver sky or a Fiore. It's okay to like everything and like recognize that that is amazing. That is right. And 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 use it what it's for and go be punk rock. And if it's a little out of tune, it's totally fine. Yep. And then grab something else because they're all just a bunch of tools. It's, they're just freaking guitars, man. Well, Jesus, I, w- well, I wish more people had that. That <laughs> oh, I got a stern talking to about that the other day about you know they're just tools, but but that's a whole other conversation. We can go into that. We have episode. one more. We have one more topic. We yeah. have one more topic that we have to get to before we go. Okay. Yeah. And, okay. But I have to I have to step away for just a second. Hurry. Because I'm 58 years old, but I'll be right back. Hurry. You know what? I'm going to do exactly the same thing. All right. I'll be here. I'm not 58, but I will do exactly the same All right. I'm just catching up on some other things that have been going on while we were recording here. 
Yeah, so, you know, we were talking about the um, uh, modern stuff and, like, I think the classic the classic uh, conversation there is the difference between, like, uh, EC-1000s and, like, regular Les Pauls. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I, you know, J- Jim's owned a couple of EC-1000s and he's, he's a vintage spec Les Paul guy and it's kind of like, uh, the EC-1000 sort of fixes everything. You know, like all the things that people complain about or the people that aren't Les Paul people complain about anyway. It's and, the silver sky of Les Pauls. Right. And it's like, I, I just, I always just thought it was a funny, like it was a funny paradigm. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. The more you get to know me, the more I don't care. And I, and I don't get, I don't get connected to stuff. I'm, you know, like for example, my favorite guitar in the whole world is my my McPherson Sable, my okay. carbon fiber acoustic, but it's for sale. Um, <laughs> and people are flipping out. And what's really funny about it, I did it on purpose because people are like, oh, he bought his old breed love back and now he doesn't want his carbon fiber guitar anymore. Oh, I bet he's going back to a wooden guitar. It's no, you're going to sell that. You're going to get a rain song or something. <laughs> no. I'm literally getting a different color of the same guitar. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> I'm not even going to tell anybody what's in there. <laughs> All right. You guys you guys can know, but nobody else can know. Final All topic. Right. Final topic. We have to talk about it. It is okay. the topic that has been, that has been um, uh, plaguing the guitar world for since... What was that guy? It's the one I swore we'd never talk about panel. again. That's right. Remember that guy that had a YouTube channel that, that got taken down because so many people hated on him. And I was like, look, he's got a Yeah, I remember. Anyway, I, Scott or something. Scott something. Was Scott McKeon or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, else. that's another player. He did it. He did a thing where he said, tone woods don't matter. Oh, and Scott. Here Grove. we go. Scott Grove. Scott Grove. There you go. Yep. That's it. You You're got right. it. You're right. It was Scott Grove. I love Scott Grove because he's a jerk and nobody likes him. And I think that's right. That's what I love about him, dude. He's an awesome dude. He is my kind of guy. (laughs) I'm friends with him on Facebook, and he is. Are you? Yes, and he is a really cool dude. (laughs) He's the kind of guy I would go out and have one of these with. Oh yeah. Okay. So the video that's been circulating is the is the uh, the guitar like the I'll call it a slide guitar the guitar with no body uh, yeah, this yeah. guy does the and I forget what his name is but he's a, he's a natural session player and Jim, he, Jim Lil me is, it, is it Jim Jim Lil what is it Jim Lil L I L okay so basically the rundown for the video is I'm gonna I, he he talked to manufacturers and got the got like these boutique builders and asked them you know what makes a guitar sound the way it does and then he put together a chart and then he said I'm gonna I'm gonna I don't think he said I'm gonna bust him I'm gonna test every one of these things and then he actually went through the process of like okay I'm gonna take a guitar that's a kit build and compare it to my expensive um, and it's a Tom Anderson I think Telecaster and then I'm gonna take you know various steps 
to try and replicate it and see how close we get. And actually what he, what he found out and what, at least in my ears, what the video seems to show is that pickup height is like the single most determining factor in electric guitar period in terms of tonality. Um, yep. I think a couple of things just before we, before we get into that, cause you, you did a reaction video and I, I you had some, some opinions on it, but um, just a couple of things I wanted to share and my thought process. Cause again, I'm listening through studio monitors and the whole thing. First time I, first time I watched it, I watched it on phone and I was kind of like, yep. Same here. Really? And then I went home and I, I literally went home. I was picking my daughter up from school. I drove home. I got on my computer. I watched it again with my monitors and then with a pair of headphones and, and the whole video front to back. Right. And yes. Okay. So here's what I'm, here's what I'm going to report to you. Um, the differences are like minuscule in places. And definitely there are some technique differences that are causing some things that you're going to hear. Um, I would say like, you're not going to be able to tell differences in the, in those recordings for the most part, or at least not discernible differences that you would like, even if you were in a studio environment and you were under a microscope and you were doing a track um, and you had to like double guitars and stuff. It's not that kind of kind of difference. In fact, if I had to attach a, a percentage value, like I often do on the show, I'd say maybe a half a percent difference between, you know, clip to clip with, you know, similar characteristics Um and it's, it's a really wild video. It's totally worth watching. I would highly re- recommend you watch it. We just covered this on our last episode, actually. Um, and I was actually making the, the sort of devil's uh, argument that it does matter. But how much we didn't really go into. And what I wanted to start off this conversation with talking about was like, I think we all sort of define the things that we care about in an instrument without actually thinking what they mean, at least the majority of players, like you're, you're technically minded, you build pickups. Um, you have a, a very strong engineering focus. Like I've heard you talk about things like shielding and stuff, and you have great knowledge on that. Um, and I know you have a highly analytical mind. So you probably are thinking about it in a different perspective than the vast majority of people who think with like their heart and passion and this has always been the thing that they've told me. And so I'm going to hold on to this dogma. Um, and so like, here's, here's my thought process on this. Eddie Van Halen, right. And I, and I use him as an example, both because I'm a fan of his music, but also because he's the guy that, you know, sorted it out for a lot of people. You should just try everything and fi- figure out what works for you. Um, was always chasing that last half a percent. Right. So he would do things like I'm going to wire my pickup directly to my output jack or something crazy like that. And I know people who've done that. Um, and I think didn't he have no tone control? Right. Yeah. He only he, had volume. I'll take this a little further and you don't you guys don't know this. So I'm going to tell I'm 100 percent sure you don't know this. Um, a little bird told me. That when they were, uh, this is a reliable bird. <laughs> when they were doing the um, EVH Wolfgang stuff, like the first, the first ones, um, when Fender owned everything, still right, like right, when right. this was Fender still owned everything, and this because this was at Fender, they. 
broke the pickup wire and repaired it Mm -hmm. in the prototype that they gave to him. They wound him another pickup. They, They gave him another prototype. And he's like, something's not right. Mm-hmm. So the custom shop versions of those guitars that were like the very first ones that were like $15,000, they literally wound them to a certain wine count, broke the wire, repaired it, and then wound the rest of the pickup. Because <laughs> he said, this is better. He's chasing that's that how, last half a percent, you know? That's yeah. how anal that gets. Isn't that ridiculous? Yeah, yeah. so I could share some stories because I know some people who used to work at PV back when he was doing the thing with PV. And he, him and him and Hartley PV did not get along. It was really bad to the point where he'd go there and they'd have yelling matches. And then he'd walk out on the factory floor to do quality. And he would walk over to the rack where they had a bunch of Wolfgang sitting and he'd grab one and just throw it across the room. And then he'd pick it up. And if it wasn't in tune, he'd say, scrap the whole line. Like <laughs> it was that kind of nonsense where it was just like, and now granted, you know, much respect to him, but like he would get to the point where it was like, this is the only person this really matters to is him. Even though it's a customer thing and like the customer probably not, the customer's not going to know. Let's just be real that he knows because he knows what he's looking for. And it's very specific, but the customer just wants to sound sort of like that. Right. And it's like, I, I just, I, I hear these stories over the years and I go, he was cut from a different cloth. He really was. And and for, for us, if you really want to be that person and pursue that last half a percent, these things exist for you to do that. You can chase that dream of having the perfect piece of mahogany that mm-hmm. both appeals to you visually and for some reason resonates a specific way against your body and maybe increases the sustain of the guitar by 0.25%, even though you could just raise your pickups and probably approximate the same thing. Um, and I just think it's a really wild like conversation where there's so many variables involved in that, that there are people that are running around. This is why Scott Grove got got in trouble. It wasn't what he was saying. It wasn't what he was testing and trying to prove. Right. It was the fact that he made the extremist argument that this doesn't matter because it obviously does matter to some people. I mean, we have an entire industry predicated on it mattering. Which means that somebody cares, because otherwise we'd all be playing poplar pieces of shit. Which right. my, my strat is poplar with all in all well, sandwich. But when um, I was in the power sports industry, um, designing dirt bike parts, so I used to design motorcycle parts um, for dirt bike racing, um, mostly in uh, carburetion and airflow, and um, I did we did some suspension stuff, computational fluid dynamics stuff. Okay. Um, but what I call it and what we used to call it was the 90, 10, five rule, which was basically 90% of the money that's spent in any hobby is to get the last 10% of performance out of something that only 5% of people will ever. Yep. Right. Will ever know. Yep. yep. A friend of mine. That's what it is. Yeah. A friend of mine drives, uh, he races Porsches. So, um, very much in line with what you were talking about. And so 
the difference between like if I bought a Porsche, right? I would yeah. never notice some of the shit that he goes through to make sure because um as they said, what is it, the Fast the Furious or something? The it's a it's a game of quarter miles or something. Um, you live your life uh, one quarter mile at a time. Yeah, that's it. We live your life. One, we live our life one quarter of a time. With family, it's all family. Um, but uh, if you if you watch if if you watch the real guys, and I don't care what race car driver you like or dislike for that matter, they're worried about like like the point zero two five percent increase in, in tire density at you because know. it does matter <laughs> to them. And it Dylan, does. You can talk to that because you know that if that tire isn't perfect, if that fuel mixture isn't perfect, if that engine isn't tuned, they don't win. <laughs> you don't win. Yeah. And second place is just the top of the losers because it, because it doesn't matter is, whether you've been by an inch or a mile with the guitar stuff. Why are you? I understand that your influence is Eddie Van Halen. Even you, know, I, you. I understand that my influence is Stevie Ray Vaughan. Oh, um, he's a, he's another big one. <laughs> that's why. See, and I have. That's a whole nother podcast. I could talk about yeah. Stevie Ray Vaughan because I know things. Yeah, everybody um, does. You all learn from somebody and somebody actually knew um, it, you know? Well, I've played... Let's just say I've had access to some pretty cool guitars. <laughs> and um, none of that stuff is what you think it is. Yeah. And actually, I have a set of pickups right over there. That may or may not have been in were uh, somebody's guitar that's from Texas. <laughs> I'll just say that. Uh, that's why I'm not going to tell you where I live. Cause, yeah, because those are prices. Yeah. That's, that's exactly <laughs> yeah. right. Um, and they're not what you think they are. Right. Everything people think they know about stuff. There's a couple of things about this. Very interesting. Oh, they were overwhelmed. <laughs> They weren't. No, they weren't. <laughs> 5.4K. And here's the other crazy thing. The strongest pickup in the whole thing was the neck pickup, and the bridge pickup was the lowest. Right. Wasn't so, there some people alleging that he swapped them? Or that um, I well, figure it was just well, factor. What happened, what happened was basically the bridge pickup went out, and they just found some random one in. Some yeah, that makes it. sense. But that he wraps foil around them and then grounds them. So there's no highs at all. Mm -hmm. Like a normal person, the guitar sounds terrible. I have, pl I've played some really. I'm gonna, cool. I'm gonna reach out to you because you got some ideas that I'm like that. That sounds like fun. That's not like, like a weekend project. So he, he, <laughs> used, he used a dummy coil. Yeah, I knew about that. That I did know about his guitar, which I actually put over there in a box. Um, <laughs> so you know, I'm just gonna say. Um, so I do have some actual firsthand knowledge of this stuff. And to tell you the truth, uh, it's nothing what you think it is. And, and here's, what's interesting about it is I can't, I can play mm, the closest thing or the actual thing that he played and sound nothing like him. And to tell you the truth, the guitar kind of sounds like crap. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but when he plays it, it sounds like him. Yeah. 
the guitar, the numbers, when you look at the spec of Stevie Ray's guitar and you then you play it, you're like, why would anybody build a guitar like this? Yeah. yeah. It yeah. sounds like trash because the SRV uh, signature model that everybody bought had Texas Specials in it. But what people don't know is that the Texas Special was a guitar pickup that Stevie Ray was going to at some point maybe endorse that Fender was maybe. developing. Right. Yeah. But he never used them himself right. in any of his guitars. And then he died. And then they became associated. So, and then they put them in the right. guitar. But they never had anything to do with his actual tone. So everybody thinks that Stevie Ray played these hot pickups. But no. <laughs> no, they weren't overwhelmed at all. <laughs> no. And so all those specs and all those crazy things. You cannot, I will tell you right now, and I have had the opportunity, you cannot make his guitar sound like him. Like yeah. nobody can. And you will sound terrible, actually. I've played some other artists' guitars. Um, Gary Moore. Um, Jimmy Vaughn. Played some pretty freaking cool guitars. And you, you cannot make yourself sound like that artist. So I understand the, I understand the inspiration. Like I'm yep. a Stevie Ray guy. I think that's amazing. And I would love to have a custom. That's why I'm not chasing the EVH thing, man. Like, right. You won't sound like him. Right. You might. I sound like me. One of those $2,000 Frankenstrats because it's cool. And, and yeah. You, and that's what that market is for. Like to get that you're not thing on your wall. Like when you play it and you know that, and it's realistic that you know that. Right. Right. And I think what happens with all this tone wood stuff is people make those associations and then they just say, well, then it must be this way. Or they think that because a guitar costs a certain amount or uh, Poplar, for example, is half uh, the cost right now of what Alder is right now. Now, right, wood right. is a commodity, so it changes. And so people are thinking, well, it's a cheap guitar and the new PRS SE should be cheaper because blah, 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 because it's popular, because it's popular. No. Actually, and, and we also know weird. we also know that those woods are not sourced from the same place anyway. There's like ten different varieties of poplar, and you know, exactly. it's like a whole other thing. No, and what it really comes down to is, I could, because I've done this, I've literally done this with people like my friend who has all these fancy, expensive guitars. I've put guitars in his hand and lied to him, and told him. This is what this is. What do you think? Oh, it's amazing. And it's not. Yeah. Like on purpose and then told him, you know what I mean? Like he's my friend. I agree. But do those tests, you know, that because so the Jim Lil video was really interesting because you're right. There are subtle differences to it. Um, and I would say the only fault of that video was that you personally cannot feel the difference between what he was doing. So the two by four probably felt different than the two. Oh, sure. Made. Absolutely. You're right. going to hold it differently for even, you know. Yeah, you're holding it different. And that's a big one. I brought that up in my video. Yeah, I know. I was like, he had to hold the guitar different, which means that the his pick angle is different. Yeah. Interacted with the guitar different, which meant he, meant he played different. To me, fret size 
string gauge and neck dimension will change how you play more than anything else because of how you physically interact with the guitar. Yeah. Like that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tactile thing. And that is why rosewood and maple sound different. It's not because of wood. It's because how you hold the guitar. It feels different, so it's going to feel different. So you're going to play it different. There, there, are, there are physical differences, and I think there are also mental differences. And I don't mean that we superimpose mental ideas on things. I think that we react to things differently. Like, have you ever heard somebody call a neck fast? Yeah. You know, like, oh, it's a fast neck. Well, what I perceive as being fast is probably the exact opposite of what you perceive as being fast. And right. so, if, like, for me... And I know this because because most people consider like a wizard neck fast, right? Like I'm playing, I'm playing a baseball bat. I'm playing a baseball bat. My my S five hundred has the uh, the biggest strat neck I've ever had in my hands on it. Um, and actually, I say that there's been others, but but that's that's like sort of the perfect fit for me. And I play faster on that than if I you gave me a wizard right now. Now I might be more articulate on the wizard, but the reality is this. There is some level of psychosomatic thing that we bring to the table when we pick up a guitar and we vibe with it in a certain way, right? And it, you, you can adjust your techniques to do these things. Um, I mean, ask any any Gary oh, Moore, like ask any Les Paul based person who can who can shred and like play really really fast, right? Um, Aldi Miola comes to mind that they have a different approach to how they play and their tone is on that instrument is that way because of it. Um, yeah. You put a strat in the guy's hands, it's going to sound different and he's not going to have the same interpretation. And even if you were to take like two less Pauls, maybe let's say you give him one with a maple neck, right? Um, versus a mahogany neck. And he's probably going to approach that instrument differently. It's just, I'm going to give you something even more controversial. I would propose that if you are a, and I don't mean to belittle anybody by this, but let's just all be like real with ourselves and grown ups. Um, if you are a real guitar player, if you want to be a real guitar player, you should be able to pick up any guitar with any neck and be able to play something on it. Now, that doesn't oh, mean sure. that doesn't mean that you're gonna. Um, be inspired play it the same way mm-hmm. it doesn't mean you're going to play it the same way it doesn't mean that you're going to be inspired to play a particular kind of riff right like i i play my gibson different than i play my silver sky for sure because they're inherent, they're inherently feel different and you just you're led to play it but you can way. play but you can play the same songs on both i mean that's and yeah, but they, they inspire you differently, but that's what they're supposed to do. Cause right. they're two different stars. Right. And I, I hear this all the time. Like I can't play this neck profile. I can't play blah, 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 blah. I can't play. I'm like, that's a preference. I look at it as a preference. Off. Exactly. Suck it up and learn to play it. And you, chances are you're going to play something that you never played before. Or you're going to approach the instrument in a different way. And it's going to make you better. Like, you know, I mean, like, that's the thing. And that's the stuff with all this tone wood stuff drives me insane. Oh. Is like, if you're like, th- this is my thing. This is literally my thing. If I have to, okay, if I listen to a guitar and I'm like, that sounds like that and that sounds like that. Makes sense. But I have to, like, 
and like controlled environment, like you're saying, in exactly. the studio, controlled environment, $200 headphones, $1,000 monitors, and I can kind of tell a difference. And what difference does it make? In the grand scheme of your entire life and your creativity, I mean, are you a guitar player or are you a nerd? Well, that's what I'm pointing out. It's like your inspiration, like if we're getting all our inspiration from that last half a percent, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that part I get, right? Like that's part of that's part of the reason why we're the practical guitarist, right? Because it's not practical to chase that last half a percent down the rabbit hole and spend 20 years chasing the tone rather than actually making music, which is something we've always been a big proponent of. Drop the presuppositions. And I don't necessarily say that none of it matters because it matters to people. It does. But it shouldn't matter as much as it does. That's, a, go, that's a good point. That's a great way to put it. The percentage of weight mm-hmm. that you put on making a guitar decision should not be weighted towards what it's made of. Right. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's carbon fiber. I don't care if it's alder, poplar, basswood. Outside and, of structure, right? Like if yes. somebody gives you one that's made out of not plywood, but like uh, yeah. pallets. Now we're talking. <laughs> yeah. we're, well, Tim Sway. I know. I know. I was referencing that. <laughs> um, yeah. No, we're talking. The the latest example is this thing being in poplar versus the other one being in alder. Like, give me a freaking break. Um, just play the guitar. Like, you know, it's no big deal. Now, people will say, well, it's softer and it's harder. So I have a video coming out for that. Just so you know. Well, with the, with the urethane finish, I can't imagine it's much softer, to be honest. And yeah, I was the person I was the person in the back of the room going, it's poplar, which it's going to be softer, but I have built a lot of guitars with poplar. Uh, it was my favorite way to build a telly for a long time. We did a lot of poplar tellies um, back in the day. Didn't they make them out? No, it's pine. I'm it thinking pine. pine. It, yeah. We did a bunch pine. of pine. Similar stuff. soft wood. Way softer. Way harder, yeah. Way harder pine is softer than, mm-hmm. than poplar for sure. So here's what I'm going to do. Not to just give my video idea away or anything. That's all right. It'll be out before this, we get this yeah, one out. Yeah, your video will probably be done uh, by the time. It's going to take me a while to get together. Basically, what I'm going to do, I'm going to take an alder wood, a poplar wood, and a basswood. And we're going to take a screw gun, and we're going to pre-drill all three holes. Mm-hmm. And we're going to put up for a pickguard screw. Mm-hmm. And I'm literally going to count how many times you can go in and out before it strips out. Cool. Yeah, that's that, of people who are like, yeah, but it's going to be how many times do you take your guitar apart? Right. I'm not worried about that. What I'm worried about is dents and dings. Like just how how fast is it going to absorb the abuse? Oh, I get that. You know, like and that's and you know what? If you're if you're the relic guy, you don't care about that. Um, I've beaten the shit out of that thing. I, so I, I want to say this. I, I think that there's. We, we spoke a little bit about how a lot of the people who come into guitar forums and guitar uh, um, groups uh, often are people who are relatively new to guitar. I mean, we talked about Trogli before. Trogli was playing Guitar yeah. Hero, which was a plastic controller 
nine years ago, okay? And so the guy isn't exactly somebody I go to. Matter of fact, I was, I was with a guitar friend. Of You're mine, not taking right? lessons from him. Yeah. And and he goes, man, I love everything Trogley does until he picks up guitar and plays it. Oh. So I, I'm just, you know. That's I'm just brutal. That's brutal. Well, it's kind of. I, I, well, right, I'm but, not that guy. I'm not going to say that. Yeah. To, uh, to but I'm not going to say he's. Yeah, I'm just going to say that that that's probably the. As far as his videos go, that's probably the the weakest part of his videos. We'll just say that. Sure, that well, is from that is for me, and I tell everybody, I'm like, look, yeah. I'm way better at making you sound good than I am at making right. me sound good. Exactly, because I have what? focused my entire life. That goes to my upbringing. My my dad's a jazz guitarist, toured, mm-hmm. record deals, the whole nine yards, and um, that's how I grew up. We owned a music store when I was a kid, and literally, my dad was like, "Look, man." You probably don't want to go down this road because you don't want to end up with like, you know, dead with a needle in your arm and you don't want to live in a van for your entire life. He's like the touring thing and the actual playing guitar for a living thing. It's probably not the way you want to go. So I spent my time behind the desk. He produced a bunch of records. I got to listen. I just learned how to listen to music. Yeah. Like, right. I just learned how to hear stuff. That's that's what I'm good at. (laughs) Right. And that's what I'm saying. So when it comes to someone who's relatively new guitar or brand new, I mean, you've got people my age that now are picking it up and never would we have gone online and said, I I'm 60 years old and I started playing two weeks ago. And how do I get Stevie Ray Vaughan's tone? Uh, When I was, what, and here's what they can't understand. Okay. You've been there, Dylan. You've been there, David. Rewind. Okay. All the way back. Some of the first things you learned to do. And when you first learned to play guitar, you weren't worried about learning to be Stevie Ray Vaughan. You were learning to make a G chord, make a D chord. Make God an damn AC it. You chord, took you know? me. like read my mind. The G chord. Man. Right. <laughs> yeah. And and come on. How many t- how hard was it that first time you went and made a G and then had to go to a D and it was just a song that went from G to D, G to D, right? And so oh, they can't man. imagine what they they're like the you know, I've been playing for 3 weeks. What pedal do I buy to sound like Stevie Ray Vaughan? And it goes back to what you were just talking about, Dylan, which is you could buy his rig. Yeah. And you won't sound like Stevie Ray fucking Vaughan. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, I, and I don't want to yell One at anybody. You're not even going to know how to myself. use it, right? <laughs> oh my God. Just play the freaking guitar. John Mellencamp had a song on Uh-huh, which came out in 1982 or 83. And it's called Play Guitar. And he says, forget all about that macho shit. Just learn how to play guitar. I mean, <laughs> that's that's it what we and, tell people i tell people all the time because they always ask me of course i get friends calling and be like what should i buy what should i buy and i just tell them first of all at lessons like don't rely on youtube yeah find a good guitar teacher and buy the best guitar that you can afford right from a reputable brand that inspires you and if that means that Carlos Santana is your hero and you go and buy a thousand dollar SE for your first guitar, because that's what you can afford. 
Right. It's not too good for you. It's not, it's what inspires you to play. Whatever is going to inspire you to play. And then the people that call me and say, do you make anything? What, you know, do you make any pickups that are going to, you know, like I need that slash sound. I'm like, then go buy the slash pickups. Yeah. <laughs> Don't buy them from me. Um, the reason our logo on our website says know your tone is because I want you to know yours. Like when you're ready to come and make your own sound, come and talk to me. It, you know, I, like I got That's what, before we before we depart here because I I know we're, we we got to wrap up. Um, I have a question for you, and it's and it's just kind of a silly. Like, no, wait before we before we get off the the tone wood thing. Didn't oh. you do a video where you had a fence post and you put a guitar up there? That was long before Jim Lil's video, right? Uh, that was, well, that was in my old house. So that was like 2018 or 17. We did that. Yeah. Okay. People should go back and watch that. That's all I'm saying. Cause you kind of did, I'm not saying the same thing, but you did a similar idea in that, it, you know, we go to all this stuff. I play the guitars I play because I love the feel of the guitars. We talked about that. I think it was last episode that we recorded, right? Where... I buy the same underwear. I buy the same t-shirts. I buy the same. I, I have all the same stuff of everything. And the reason I do that, I have four. He doesn't choice. This hat. He has want, four less I balls. I have four less balls. <laughs> I have I, all with the same pickups. All with it. Yeah, pretty much. They're all burst bucker pros. The, the point is that um, I play. I do things. That's my life. But I know that when I stand up there, because I've had people just like you were talking about, I, I had a guy, uh, you, I, I sent you that little video of me, right? With the, with the Stevie Ray Vaughan, the $40,000 Stevie Ray Vaughan. You know what I sounded like? Jim Woodard playing a $40,000 Stevie Ray Vaughan. And it wasn't Stevie Ray. Was, that's for damn sure. <laughs> it didn't sound shit like Stevie Ray Vaughan. I'll be the first one to admit it. But um, what I was getting at, and this is the point I'm making is that, that it didn't matter. That guitar cost a third of my, well, I guess a fourth of my house's value at the, at the time that I, now it's a fifth, but that's such a point. Um, that thing costs more than any car I've ever bought twice <laughs> as much as any car I've ever. And I can't even imagine that, that, I would buy a guitar like that. And the first thing I said was, and it was funny because you, you made a comment on that. I said, wow, this was his number one. I hate this. It's like, I hate it. And I did. It it's not great. because I think that, I don't think Stevie Ray Vaughan was wrong. Obviously, I don't it's think It's purpose Stevie built for what wrong. he was doing, you know? He right. Yeah. And, or heaven sent, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. And so that's what I'm getting at. Nobody's going to go play a fence post. But your point was made that the... Yeah. The freaking fence post can still make noise. I think there's a part of uh, it's going to get loud or it, it'll get loud or something right, like yeah, that. Yeah, it takes Where, the nail and the string and the pickup. Yeah. yeah. And it's very similar to what Jim Lil did. And he, and he plays the string with the nail. I mean, when I grew up, we had a, a, a guy who played gut. He had a... We, we literally had the thing that you see all these white trash videos, right? Where like it's out in the middle of, of West Virginia. Only this was up. Somebody play, somebody's playing the jug <laughs> and somebody's playing. Somebody's blowing across a jug. And one of us is playing a single string bass. That is a pail on the floor with a, with a, you know, a mop handle or whatever it was. 
I, I, it was too long ago for me to remember what that piece of wood was. And so it didn't matter. And that's why when people talk about Leo Fender, he wasn't out there like Paul Reed Smith going, tink, 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 all oh, this piece of wood's good. He was like, yeah, how much can we get that for? Oh, $13 a foot or whatever. Yeah, get that. I mean, <laughs> he didn't care. Yeah. The thing about that I think people don't realize about Fender is that there were, there might have been some tone considerations, but his main focus was how can we make 17 different models out of four different parts. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, the, the magnets crossed over, right. the flat work crossed over, the wood crossed over, the necks crossed over, the fret wires crossed over. Like every, he was like, how, how can we do this where the guitar is infinitely re- repairable from every angle yep. and how can we do it? And make a bunch of models and use the same, like the magnets that are in a P base pickup are the same one. Right. A Tele neck pick, a uh, bridge pickup. Like they cross over. So, like that's what it was. He was a he was a businessman. Right. He was the Henry Ford of guitars. He was not the Paul Reed Smith of guitars. He was the Henry Ford of guitars. He. That's right. It, well, it didn't have anything to do. So when people nerd out about Fender stuff, especially, I think it's really funny. Les Paul, he was a little more engineering minded, but he wanted to just make stuff work. Yeah, right. Necessarily functional. I'm looking for, you know, it was no. I want to make a thing work that's never happened before. Uh, right. I've played his personal studio guitars and stuff, and they're cobbled together yeah you know i played this yeah one. they are frankenstein monsters <laughs> yeah i played this one and it's got the the low impedance pickups in it with yeah weird st- studio whatever you call that thing yep the recording has, or whatever yep. and it has a mic preamp bolted onto it on mm-hmm. the back and then up here like next to the button it's got like a gooseneck for a microphone so he yep. could like play and ha- you know that stuff is ridiculous like <laughs> he wanted to make stuff work and i think people really overthink the goal of the people that created this stuff it was not That's because right. they were in a forum trying to get some freaking tone it's because they had an idea and they wanted to some overproduced idea. tone off an album That's right. Out of That's their, right. Out of their cabinet. Oh, even Debbie started on that. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Maybe we'll have to have you back right? on at some point so we can. Yeah, uh, you got to harp on some of this other gotta, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely got to have you back. I I, t- I say this um, that that it's always this this thing about how do I get Stevie Ray Vaughan's. Uh, it's especially guilty in like a Kemper form or something like that. How do I get? Stevie Vaughan's tone on Couldn't Stand the Weather. Which is the best song of all time. Which is, oh my God, that that is. Go back to 1987 when they were recording it in, you know. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a funny story about Stevie Ray stuff. <clears throat> this is how wrong I've been about all this stuff and had to. Now I have a really, really good education from people that I really trust um, who have. Who were involved. And, and, yes. Um, anyway, yeah. Um, some of it I can't talk about. So, but that, that's what it is. It's like, I've, I've gotten an education on Stevie Ray and some other Fender players that I is indispensable now. Um, 
But when I, my number one favorite Strat tone of all time and my original set of classic five Strat pickups that we came out with, you know, years ago was modeled after the Stevie Ray Vaughan Tin Pan Alley sound on Couldn't Stand the Weather. Well, guess what? Those weren't Strat pickups. I believe you. They were lipstick. I guess it was the lipsticks. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like we think we hear a certain thing and we go on a prep, you know, on this presupposition of whatever forever and ever. And then all of a sudden find out that it's not like that. And you're like, well, okay, I guess I'll have to figure something else out. You know, like that's probably those pickups sound great. And that's what I wanted. That's the sound I wanted, but they weren't strat pickups to begin with. Right. The the other yeah. the other big player in my in my background is is Jimi Hendrix, probably bigger than than Van Halen, and there are so much crap that's exactly the same way. Oh, he played you know X amp in the studio, and it like no, it was a freaking twin, you know, or like oh that was clearly a Stratocaster on that song. No, it's a Telecaster or a Les Paul Junior. Like yeah. I, that stuff is so so common from from yeah. him and like. I stopped trying to chase the sound and started trying to chase the philosophy like a yes. time ago, which was the idea that like, okay, so you really only need four pedals on the floor and it's these four specific pedals, but whichever ones great. work for you, you know what I mean? Like, that's a great point. Um, I've done a lot of work with people in Nashville and Nashville is interesting because what you hear on the record and what you hear on tour yeah. are two completely different things. Yeah. And the way studio musicians work in Nashville, it's a different person right on Tuesday. Yeah. So, that's right. Um, you know, there might be there might be an artist that plays all these guitar parts on all these records for this guy, but it might be like six different artists that this one guy has played all these guitar right. tones. Yep. The thing is, is he might have played 15 different guitars on three different records, a bunch of different amps. Yep. But his philosophy about how, you know, Brent Mason, for example. That's the name that came to mind right away. He plays the same guitar most of the time, but not all of the time. Yeah. But his his approach to what he brings to the studio. um, John Bollinger is a friend of mine, too. And he's another example of a guy who has a philosophy and an approach. So this is what he shows up with. Now that might revise depending on who does what, when, and what is needed, but he has a, this is his method that he uses. And I think that's, you know, for me, it's low wattage amp, pretty gnarly pickup and a boost pedal. Yeah. That's where I'm going to start. From there, you can build on it, whatever you want, but that's my starting point. And if anybody, if everybody could like figure out what that is for them, whatever it is for you, like, right. Get it, boiling it down to those components is a lifetime of like working at it and thinking about it and like kind of taking, so, so, so the technique I use is just, you know, people talk about visualization, it's not visualization. It's, it's called do something and then back up and think about how you could have done it better. And don't think about things like, Man, I really wish I'd use this other Klon clone pedal on this track. Think about, I wish I had done, you know, I wish that, that the tone was warmer. Or you think about it in something and then, like, figure out how to achieve it some other way. But just realize right. what it, what you want to achieve. 
you know, I think that, what I tell yeah, people when, when they call and they ask questions about that stuff, and we talk about it in videos too, is one of the problems that people have is they're too laser focused because we get emails all the time. Hey, I'm trying to do this with my guitar tone. Do I need to change my capacitors? You're, you're zoomed way too far in. Yeah. Like, <laughs> back up. Back all the way up. Like, and you know, where people say, what pickups would you recommend? You know, like what, what pickups would you recommend for X, Y, and Z? And I'm like, okay, before I answer that, I need to know what amp you're using. What does your single signal chain look like? How do you have your amp set? Do you use it totally clean with dirty pedals? Do you use your volume knob on your guitar a lot? Do you leave it all on 10 all the time? Yeah. Um, what are you? And then once I understand what you have, what problem are you trying to fix? Right. And sometimes we don't sell them anything. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, it's like a consulting. You know, <laughs> yeah. You turned your master up some and turned your uh, preamp down a bit. And then did this and this and this, and maybe push the presence just a little because you're playing a Marshall. Try that. Fixed. Mm -hmm. You know, and they didn't spend any money. Like, that's, but you have to zoom out and see the whole thing. And I think guitar players, we all do it. We like zoom in on this we one hyper thing. hyper focus. Yeah. Yeah. If I change my string gauge, you know, yeah, like, I just, you know, if I go from string joy to paradigm, I might be able to get because they've got 0 0.04. If I play it at less single fret instead of the third fret, you know, in an octave higher. Yeah, yeah. you get the point. <laughs> it's, it's too funny because, you know, we talk about this all the time, but it goes back to what I was saying before. If if I'm new, relatively new to guitar and I go to say I want to sound like X. It's kind of like that person that says, I'm driving down the street in an Alfa Romeo, so I look just like Daniel Craig. I mean, it's like you don't. Well, he wouldn't drive an Alfa first off. That would be well, an Aston. Um, an Aston Martin. That's right. You're right. You're right. I'm, I'm sorry. I had my I had my pop culture references mixed. Um, you're right. An Aston Martin and he's driving down the road in an Aston Martin. Now I look like that's that guy. That's that guy. And I think part of it is that there's this, there's this thing. Look, I, I, I used to hang around with golfers, right? They'd be like, Oh, I'm just using the wrong club or I'm using the, no, you're using the wrong swing. And that's why you suck like me. I mean, oh. it's like, I know I suck. It's not because I have a shitty set of clubs. It's because oh, I, I suck. Don't know. I mean, that's that's really what it comes down to. I suck at golf. But it took me a while to realize that I just suck at golf. It wasn't the balls I was using. Oh, I need to get these balls. Well, you had they're, some they're pretty big brass balls. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, you know what I mean? So imagine like, um, uh, I know you were into Triumph motorcycles. I used to be into Indian motorcycles and, and BMWs now. Um, and can you imagine if you were like, oh, yeah, I can now I can ride exactly like that. Nobody thinks that, though. Here's the thing. Nobody says, well, if I buy these Nikes, I can run like so and so. They know that there's a there's a physical part involved. But for some reason in guitar, it's, it's a whole other animal. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> All right. I'm going to take us out, gentlemen. Uh, it's been great tonight. Uh, tonight. Uh, I've been David. Yeah. I've been Jim. And that was Dylan. <laughs> I didn't know if we told you to do that. Uh, and we've been the practical guitarists. <laughs>